Welcome to Beerfield Fantasy Football. I am your host, Chris Hopper, at Beerfield Hop with two Ps. As always, joined by actually, no, I don't want to do this. Dan, do interest. I, I don't I don't feel like doing interest today. You do interest. Why do I gotta I, I'm trying to send out the Twitter stuff? Ryan, you do intro. I'm Ryan Miner. You can find me at Ryan Miner underscore FFB with two Fs. We have Dan Theory at I really suck at this. Beerfield Theory. At Beerfield Theory. Close. You almost got it. <laughs> so like me. <laughs> so close. Uh, I, I try. You're doing so good, to... Ryan. You're doing so well. You put me on the spot. I wasn't ready for it. I know. I blame Hopper. I blame Dan. I, was... I blame Dan too. For he not passed, telling Hopper to not the, pass it on me. He passed the buck on this one. But guys, we have a guest tonight too. We do. We do. We have Justin Taylor. What's JT Orange. Yeah, find me on Twitter at JT Orange. I'm usually in a bunch of discords at JT Orange 4. So that if you're looking around uh, any of that stuff, that's kind of where I'm at. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Who Justin, are you? Pumped. What do you do? Why, why do we have you? Hype yourself up. Tell the people. Uh, yeah, just a bunch of stuff kind of going on me lately in the fantasy world. Uh, just uh, joined with the guys over at Dynasty Pros, also PTW Fantasy and DLF. Uh, I'm going to start working for them, doing some articles and all those odds and ends. You also can find me on the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast oh, uh, yeah. on YouTube and Spotify. I'm a co-host with John McGlynn. John McGlynn seventy five at Twitter. He's uh, he kind of runs that a good that guy. bad boy, and he's brought me in as a co host. So I'm doing that. And I got a few other things in the works as well. So keep an eye out for me uh, on all kinds of uh, all kinds of places and stuff here uh, coming up. You can't tell from the hat. He also likes beer, and like he likes beer and, so much. He likes he beer so much. It. He does it. He may, yeah, he makes it. <laughs> hey, me too. Just not professionally. Yeah, me and my uh, normal everyday life outside of the fantasy football world. I own JT Walker's Brewery in Muhammad, Illinois, and I also own Project 47 Smokehouse as my barbecue joint, and I own Chop Truck, where we do a little bit of mix of everything on that thing, so everything from barbecue to Mexican, all that stuff. So that's that's my everyday life is, is running restaurants in a brewery, uh, but I love fantasy sports. I was a sports journalist and a former high school head uh, assistant football coach on a varsity for a bunch of years. So I've been involved with sports pretty much my whole life uh, and just kind of doing this now uh, to kind of feed the itch of my sports world uh, uh, love. So love fantasy, play in every type of format, do a little bit of everything. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Nothing better than talking sports and beer. Wait, Dan, you didn't tell right. me you brought a big J journalist. Dude, I had no fucking clue. So, I mean, I... I... Clearly, I didn't also do. My he has homework. credentials, Dan. He's got a lot of credentials. He, he reached out to me. He made me feel special. You know, it was like I'm glad. <laughs> Somebody's got. I gotta be on your show. I'm like, oh man, you, what's wrong with this guy? He wants to be on. Wants to be on my podcast. What? What? How, how do you keep shit? up with a podcast? And how do you write with for all these sites? Like, I have this podcast. I also write for a site, and I can barely keep up with all that. I tend to overload myself. That's just what I do. It's, it's, kind, it's kind of you my don't. nature. Uh, my girlfriend was making fun of me. She's like, uh, can't you just do a little bit of something? I'm like, nope. I got to mm-hmm. be in 30 fantasy leagues. I got to do three or four podcasts. I got to write for three or four different sites, plus run all my businesses. I just can't help myself. It's pretty Are easy. You, you just don't sleep. I don't sleep a lot. I tell you that. It's uh, I, I'm one of those old people now that if I can sneak in a nap, 
I take a lot of naps because I'm usually only getting about four hours of sleep a night. So uh, I'm old school mm -hmm. night bar person. So a lot of times I still don't go to bed till 2 a.m. and I got to get the kids school at seven. It's a it's a problem. So, yeah, I try to sneak in a nap anywhere I can. You just ask me as a Sagittarius. Are we about to do astrology? No, no. Usually like Sagittarius. Cause I'm a Sagittarius are like uh, go getters, yeah. constantly going and moving. What? Ryan, no astrology before no astrology before beer previews. You know the rules. I do now. <laughs> I, usually, I usually get yelled at for talking IDP all the time, and then uh, on podcasts. So I've never. Uh, that's pretty funny. No, I'm a kid. Justin, don't worry. Don't worry, man. I get yelled. I don't know what I am. I, 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 man, that head that, is that head is moosey. And I just sometimes, beer. sometimes you gotta have <laughs> you spilling your keyboard. <laughs> No, I didn't. <laughs> I did yeah. not. Thankfully, I missed the keyboard. I can't believe you spilled it before the before the beer review too. Well, I'm like, there's this thick, moosey, rocky like head on it, and it's pretty and stuff. And then I went to show the camera and forgot it was a full glass. Remember what I was doing before the show. All right. Sorry, Justin. I remember my first beer too, bud. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're gonna talk. All the quarterback signings because there are a bunch of mid-tier quarterbacks that signed. We got franchise tag stuff to get into and combine reactions because that happened last weekend and there were definitely a lot of a lot of hot takes, a lot of thoughts. So naturally we have to share ours. Before we do that, most of us, all of us, we're drinking something or another. So yeah, let's do that. What's fueling beer fueled? Dan, why don't you start? I need a paper towel. <laughs> so uh, I was down in the um, Marion and Carbondale for the last couple of days, and I was able to stumble across a brewery I've never heard of. It's called uh, Revnita. Revnita. They're out of. Just saw this, too. I don't think they're out of that area. Ravina sounds like Wisconsin. Ravita is out of Chicago, so they're nowhere so close. near where I was. I was but anyways, so, I was really close. I mean, sure, they're they're close. They're but anyways, one of those this, suburbs, I think. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this is their pilsner because best way to tell if a brewery can make good beer is if they make a beer that you can't hide behind adjuncts and uh, and ops. Ryan, I'm drinking a Bush Light. <laughs> just kidding <laughs> no i uh well, it's better I, than I the miller light you had on last week <laughs> and that was very good all right i, I didn't mind it oh, no i got a uh, rogue brewings out of line west coast indian pale ale nice all right i went uh a little closer to where our guest was from so i couldn't necessarily get his stuff so i still went the same area i got a uh, blind pig out of champagne i have their extra special brewster so this is an esp um i'm really like on this kick of like light alcohol multi beers lately and by lately i mean the last six to eight months so was really really happy to come across an esb because you don't really do that package at all that often so um especially from blind pig so went ahead and grabbed that um more on that about halfway through the show what do you got justin I uh, figured I'd break out one of my own beers since we're, here. Since we're here. So I, I'm drinking, uh, it's called Small Town Hero. 
I'll show mm. you the can there. It's an American IPA we made for uh, a, a teacher named uh, Jason Seaman. He was involved in a school shooting a couple years ago uh, He uh, in Indiana where he teaches now, and he actually tackled the shooter, took a couple bullets in the process, but saved – uh, everyone else, uh, anyone from dying, anything like that. He was a stellar athlete at our high school here at Muhammad Seymour uh, and then played at SIU. Carbondale uh, was a defensive end for them. Uh, we named that beer after them and, uh, and gave a portion of the proceeds to his charity, which does just a bunch of stuff for kids. They do a bunch of sporting events and other things like that. Um, so that's our beer, uh, Small Town Hero, an American IPA. Couple questions. First off, do you have the name of the charity handy so we can shout it out? Oh, let me find it. I got it on the can here. Give me and two seconds. Ryan can shout it, it out on Twitter. The, too. Uh, it's the yeah. Seaman Fund. The J- the Seaman Fund. If you look that up, uh, C like the ocean seaman. Uh, yeah, just look up the Seaman Fund. You can find it there. Uh, he's a teacher uh, in uh, a suburb in Indianapolis. Real great guy. Uh, like I said. One of the probably top five football players in our school's history was also a, a great basketball player and a great track athlete. Uh, guy was just an absolute beast. That's first off incredible. Second off, I mean, the other thing I have to know is like full recovery. I mean, yeah, yep, absolutely full recovery. Okay, the good, guy, uh, he's he's great. It, uh, there was one student, uh, Ellie. Um, she's also got a, a charity foundation for her. She took a bullet, and 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 she, but she's uh, doing well in recovery. Uh, like I said, it's just kind of a, a, a crazy story. And l- luckily, Jason, being the guy he is, just jumped uh, in right away and uh, tackled the shooter and just ran right at him and tackled him before he could anything else could happen. So anybody that knows Sam just knows what a what an unbelievable person he is. And uh, yeah, group. Thankfully, the guy is just a huge guy, and he's he's a big athlete, and, and he recovered quickly from his his gunshot wounds. When did this that's happen? Awesome. When did this happen? Oh, Justin? this is a that's a great question. It's been quite a few years now. Um, we've made this beer a, a couple different times. Also, if you're in Indiana, I will say this before I forget: if you are in Indiana, uh, there is a beer brewery, B I E R beer brewery. We actually did a collaboration with them to to make the beer and sell it in Indiana because uh, we had so many people calling us wanting the beer from Indiana, and we didn't have distribution rights there. Uh, so we collabed with them, uh, made the beer there so that they could sell it in Indiana. So it, I think this is probably, oh, I want to say like four or five years ago at this point. Um, I can't, I, I, I should have the date off the top of my head, but I, it was right at the end of school. I think it was like 2017 or 18, somewhere in that range. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's like kind of a crazy story. Uh, but, but just happy that, that things, you know, for a situation yeah. like that turned out as about mm-hmm. as well as they could. I'm yeah, just shocked. That I, I'm awesome. just shocked that I never like there's, I don't remember any ever hearing anything about it. Like, especially with, you know, with, with all the climate it's today, they have a story that actually has a positive ending. I know, you know, compared to what we're so accustomed been, to yeah. now. Yeah. It's yeah, just, what it could have been. I'm surprised that didn't make national news and that's not getting talked about more <clears throat> as we actually got to see, you know, someone, you know, we got to see something good come from it and, and we get to see lives saved. There was some stuff done about it, but again, because Mm -hmm. it was not as this, you know, huge standoff and all these people lost their lives, I think it just didn't quite get as much 
news yeah. coverage as as it typically would. Um, but yeah, uh, he did get yeah. some get some stuff, and and like I said, just just an awesome guy. Uh, Absolutely, you know, just and uh, you know, we I was proud to make the beer. I asked him if he would let us do it, and he said for sure. And uh, uh, a little, just another little crazy story to go along with that. Uh, sorry, I'm talking so much here, but oh, you're good. I actually good. covered him. Um, when he was in high school before I coached when I was working at the Champagne News Gazette mm-hmm. and I actually wrote his player of the year story uh, <laughs> when he was in awesome. high school. So going all the way back to where I covered him back when he was in high school and just a great kid he was and be able to kind of be friends with him from knowing him from that and then uh, being able to, to kind of sell this beer and he loves IPAs. He's a big IPA guy. So I said, what kind of beer you want us to make? He said, got to be an IPA. So <laughs> we figured an American IPA for an American oh, yeah. hero. And so that's kind of what we did. And it just, it just it ended up working out really well. And, uh, you know, we were just pumped for what we were able to do for him. And, and like I said, just, just a great all around guy. That's incredible. That's, that's an awesome story. Incredible. Yeah, I, I, uh, that's, that's yeah. Right. That's the show. I don't know how we're going to yeah. top it. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Derek Carr, that's a good one. <laughs> that's how we follow good that. Transition. That's a good transition. <laughs> Derek Carr. All right. News. Right, we will get to Derek Carr before we do that. Some draft happenings real quick. Not a lot of commentary here. Uh, Texans have been docked a fifth-round pick and fined 175000 for what the NFL is terming as salary cap violations. They're calling it an accounting error. It's apparently had to do with Deshaun Watson's workouts during COVID. So um, I have no idea much else about that. But Texans down a fifth-rounder. Not good if you're a rebuilding franchise to be giving no, away draft They screwed picks. up. Um, Texans, are we surprised? No. The flip side of this, the 49ers, who are the best at getting compensatory picks, have been awarded three third-round picks for D'Amico Ryans and Rand Carthen getting uh, hired away from them. So we got three third-rounders, I believe a couple later as well. They're not the uh, only team to get awarded picks, but they definitely by far got the most. So especially with those third-round picks, the rich get richer there. Yeah, maybe they'll find a right running, running back there. Yeah. Until they use them on running backs. use them on all three running backs. That's <laughs> <laughs> where Zach Charbonnet is going. Charbonnet's uh, going. And Devin Chain and... Yeah. Um, the yeah Chargers... They just take the entire second round of the rookie draft picks. They draft <laughs> all three of them. Right. Everybody's That's like, oh, right. I want oh, one. And nobody terrible. knows what to do because all the all those guys go to the same team. Where, uh, yeah. Yep. It'll be one of them for sure. I bet they do use a compensatory pick on a third round running back just to keep the uh, the narrative alive. That's right. Kill TDP right there. Uh, the Jets released Braxton Berrios, which is more of a fan of the show, or not fan of the show. She was a fan of him. I don't know if he's a fan of the show. I mean, maybe he's a fan of the show. Maybe. I don't know. More of a footnote there. Productive when given the opportunity. Had some good PPR weeks, but... Um, you know, you hope he catches on someplace he can get a little bit more consistent volume because he did show a little bit when he saw the field. One of those nice, one of those players I like to have on rosters that can be plug and play if he gets the right amount of opportunity. Um, he's a killer if you uh count punt kick return yards. Yeah. I was in a couple of leagues where he was actually super playable, uh, with cut a punt and kick return yards with him being a slot. All he needed was a couple catches and a good return mm-hmm. here or there, and he was actually uh, a decent asset, yeah. 
Yeah. And when I say plug and play, I like having those types of players around too that, you know, just if they're a slot guy that's going to get six, seven targets and 70, 80 yards a game, if you need to plug in for, for injury or bye week, that's not going to kill you, especially in PPR. I like having those types of players around. So, and you know, that's where Barrio showed that upside can be. And with return yards. Uh, the Chargers restructured the Keenan Allen and Mike Williams contract, so they'll both hang around. Um, kind of disappointing seasons last year for, for both of them. Um, Injury-riddled seasons. For Keenan Allen, Mike Williams is just always a disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> he gets you all excited, and the next week he screws you. It's like most of my 20s, but not Mike Williams. <laughs> Uh, Cardinals released Chosen Anderson, formerly known as Robbie. Robbie Cho- is it Chosen Robbie Anderson or Robbie Chosen Anderson? I think it's just Chosen now. All chosen right, not to be on the team anymore. Uh, uh, all right, so more notable stuff now. Giants placed a non-exclusive franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. So basically, what the non-exclusive means, he can negotiate with other clubs. Um, but if they sign him, it's going to cost him two first round picks or he can play on the tag for 10 million if they don't work out a long term deal. Um, this pretty much kills any chance of Barkley going elsewhere, I would think. I don't see a team giving up two first rounders for any running back. Where's Dave Gettleman? Is he a GM of another team? That'd be the only person that'd probably give up two uh, first round picks for Saquon I don't Barkley. think so. No. It's more of a he's job. A, he's unemployed at the moment, I think. He pro- probably should be. Should stay that way. Might be in the XFL. Up the look. <laughs> he's he's calling New York. Hey, can I get Saquon Barkley on whatever <laughs> XFL team I'm covering? We need him for the guard. That work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think this guy'd be any good? Get him uh, for the Battle Hawks. Definitely. I only spent the number two pick overall. No thanks. We're good with Brian Hill. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so that kills all the Barkley dreams of him going elsewhere. He'll be in New York again. God, I wanted him in Chicago. That that was we talked so much about that last week, and that's all I wanted was to see Justin Fields and Saquon Barkley RPOs. Mm-hmm. Well, what uh, is a sneaky thing I keep bringing up to people is speaking about Barkley on the Bears. Nobody's talking about the Bears taking Bijan in the possibly top of the second round if he gets there in the mid-range. It'd be interesting to see if they move and try to get him or not. Uh, obviously, if he goes late first round, they got no shot. But it'd be interesting if they try to make a move if he slips that second round and they try to get him to replace Bonnie. Uh, no, but they pretty interesting. would be in a position to move around and potentially get Gibbs. That's what they get in return, too, well, yeah. for the 101. Like, you know, they can get a yeah. high second-round pick for the, and on top of what's being offered with the 101. So... It yeah, could. Are, I'd be happy to see that pl- too. They're at plus thirty four hundred to take B. John Robinson. So, and that's on uh, FanDuel to be the team that drafts B. John Robinson this year. So, I don't think are the Cowboys still the favorites to draft them? No, actually, <laughs> the Lions are. are. The Lions aren't. Oh my god! Yeah, the Bears need the so much help right, everywhere no. else. I don't see them going. I don't. As a resident Bears fan, I don't necessarily see them going B. John. It would be very exciting. But with the help they need at wide receiver um, and on defense, particularly getting some pass rush presence. Um, but if he is still there in the top of the first, maybe. And, you know, really same thing with, with Gibbs if they miss on Bijan because I don't think they go in with just Khalil Herbert. So, Well, it's this edge rusher heavy this year. So mm-hmm. 
I think, the, I think the Bears will get their pick, and hopefully Bears the Bears can do Bears a lot keep of trading things. down. I think they keep trading down if they wanted to. And stash draft capital in the, for the next two exactly. years. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Uh, speaking of the Giants, they extended Daniel Jones four year deal, hundred sixty million, thirty five million in incentives, basically front loaded to the first two years. So this is kind of what we talked about with Jones, and you know, maybe go on bridge deal for him to see if you can develop him any further without having to give up, you know, high a high draft pick on a quarterback or to move up this year. You know, they've got the Giants are a team with the defense that performed well that you can keep adding to. Um, they definitely need help in the wide receiver room. So, um, you know, see if Daniel Jones can develop for two years and, and cut ties. This is a Blake Bortles deal after his rookie deal expired in Jacksonville. Just a little bit more money because it's been a few years and quarterback prices are inflated. Yeah, it's so, not a bad deal. It's a win-win almost for both because you know Jones is, was aiming for forty-five million, and I'm sure New York wanted to keep him on a you know three you know three year or less deal. This is kind of the you know Jones, we're going to sign you for four years, we'll give you forty million, but you know we're going to front load everything. So if you suck, we're just going to let you go. Which it, which I mean, it makes this sense. is a win-win for all. At least I yeah. think, and, and I, it's I mean, like Jones, a two-year contract. And Jones is really a best spot. You know, he's. You know, a a decent super flex fantasy asset with the with the rushing upside and the success he saw as becoming more of a modern Alex Smith, mm-hmm. where you can get production on the ground and, and he he can be a game manager without turning the football very much because I'm fairly certain he set career lows and and all those you know interception rates this year. So interceptions, yes, and fumbles too. We had talked for a bit about how he hadn't had a he had a long it's, stretch it's where he was turnover free, but. He did his thing. Yeah. Actually, I like Brian that contract. Dable. I mean, so first year, so next year it's nine point five million. Then it goes way up to thirty five and a half million, and then thirty million. But the dead cap for the first two years is eighty two million, then sixty three million, then twenty twenty five. Actually, they have it out at eighteen million. Yeah. Before twenty twenty six, where it's actually like super basically free nine million dollar dead cap hit if he yeah. sucks. But if not, I mean that's it's a win win for both parties on this one. I agree. Anything else on Jones? All right. Dan, I'll let you pull the lead on this one. Baltimore plays a non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. Like Barkley, he can negotiate with other teams. Uh, Unlike Barkley, um, a team could opt to give up two first-rounders for an opportunity to sign Lamar. Um, Ravens can either match or let him go for whatever that is. Uh, playing on the tag would net him $32.4 million, and there was a laundry list of teams shortly after this was announced that uh, it was reported that they're they're out on him, including Carolina um, and the Commanders. I I honestly think this is this is their response to the Jimmy Haslam deal for Watson last year and not wanting to offer this type of guaranteed deal out for this lawn and this amount of money. Um Jackson is significantly like he, he's better than Watson, the better situation. There's no off the field stuff. Obviously he, he's got more, you know, more accolades, you know, to his name at this point. It, it it's, um, it's sad because his own, his, his own arrogance is kind of the reason why he's in this spot. If he had an agent, 
he just wouldn't be in this position. He, he would have people be able to talk to his age, and he like this would have been figured out probably last year. Yeah, I read a, a pretty interesting article on Yahoo today about this where they interviewed a couple agents and talked to some people about the situation. And, I mean, I think some of these teams are absolutely lying that they're just mm. completely out on him. Absolutely. I, 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 yeah. I don't believe the Atlanta Falcons are completely out on Lamar Jackson. I, just I don't, don't think know. any of these teams are no, at all. Great. Yeah, it's but, uh, but, yeah, there was a, a lot of talk of, uh, and people said, you know, this deal probably could have gotten done if he had an agent, like you said, that because the fact is, you know, they could have been at the combine talking up owners this weekend. They could have been kind of saying, Hey, is there a way to rework this deal where he still gets the money he thinks he deserves, but it's not a fully guaranteed deal or we use it, you know, a different way. And they were talking about all the different routes uh, that they could have got this deal done. That's just not happening because no one's having a conversation. It's Lamar yeah. and Lamar's not calling up these owners and just like, you know, shooting the shit with them and, and going, Hey, like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I mean, I understand not wanting to pay an agent cause it's an astronomical fee, but sometimes those guys are worth their money. They know what they're doing mm-hmm. and they can get a deal like this done when you're as big as he is. And I think that's, uh, that's definitely hindering them here. Um, the other thing they were talking about with all these teams being out is just the fact that teams don't want to go out there and admit they're trying to get him because if they don't get him, they look bad. Um, and they don't want to, you know, if you're a team like the Dolphins, you don't want to go out and put an offer sheet for Lamar and then the Ravens match it, which most people think they'll match anything that comes in. But I you have, put I an offer so. sheet out for Lamar and then all of a sudden Ravens match and you're the Dolphins. You're like, hey, Tua, never mind, man. We still love you. We want you. So, <laughs> so that that they, they're saying there's a lot of teams that are in a bad spot like that, that if they don't get him because the Ravens have seven days to match well, they have seven days that they can't spend money, can't do anything, and that they're just waiting. And if they match and they lose out on other players, that, you know, beyond the money you have to spend in the two first rounders that you'd have to give up, it makes it a pretty tough situation, which is why you need an agent in the background working these deals in advance and going back to the Ravens like, hey, man, they're going to offer us this before they even offer it. And then you know whether it's even worth coming out and 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 put it on an actual uh, sheet, you know, put an offer on him. So it's, I think it's a, a, a super complicated situation that sounds really easy. It sounds like, Hey, let's just sign Lamar. He's awesome. Um, and it's a lot more complicated than that on all fronts, I think. Yeah. And you know, the other important thing here too, is two things on the agent front. One, like those guys get paid a lot. They get paid a lot for a reason though. Right. And that's because they can get you more than what they cost. So it's good ROI. And I know his mom handles, you know, a lot of his who's not to take anything away from her. From what I've read, she's she's fairly successful at managing his business ventures. You can still hire an agent to handle your football career and let her handle your business ventures and endorsements and things of that nature. Just, you know, work that out with your agent. Agent's not going to say no to a quarterback with where Josh Allen and Mahomes just got paid into that cut. We're not getting to manage everything. So the, the problem when you have family, I just, man, it yeah. just becomes personal. It, right. it's, you know, the stuff becomes personal. It's not business. And then people get all wrapped up in their feelings about it. And I think that's the issue with Lamar <laughs> going in and doing it on himself. I mean, he thinks he's worth an X amount, which he probably is, but you got to finagle it a little bit. You got to say, Hey, can we put more guaranteed early? Can we do these different things? Can we work the system as opposed to him just saying, I want 250 million guaranteed. And that's literally all he's telling them. 
So yeah, he absolutely did because agents could go in and they can rework the system. They can, they know how to work with these teams to kind of circumvent some of that where he could still get maybe a $250 million deal, but they switch yeah. it up on what he can get, what years, what's guaranteed. You know, it's all those little things that if you're, you know, if you're a player, like you don't know about that stuff. I mean, I know they're in there, but like, they just don't know. There's, there's a reason these guys have law degrees that are sports agents most of the time. I mean, there's right. a lot of stuff that goes into these, these contracts. Yeah, there absolutely is. And the other thing too, is that they can present it. They can put the case together and they're experts at putting the case together and combating, you know, cause look, this is how it goes. Teams are going to say, I think you're worth X and here's why. And try to talk that number down based on certain things and you you know for Lamar I'm sure it's they're looking at some of the passing statistics and things of that nature games missed things like that but the agents are experts in going in and taking the things that you do well and conveying that into a story that says you are worth this much you should be paid this much and selling teams on that and then like you said working that all out and, you know, not behind closed doors, not knowing the intricacies of what's going on there. But I can imagine that somebody that's, you know, successful at managing business ventures is not necessarily the same level of successful at negotiating NFL contracts. Yeah, I mean, it's like a hard one to try and negotiate, too, because you look at his stats and like ever since his 2019 breakout year, they've been going down so it's kind of like hard to like try to sell like how do you sell yourself as like well, and oh, also yeah, you know, what do I'm you compare it to as a benchmark yeah and like i heard that he had the 250 million dollar offer on the table but it was only with like <laughs> half of it like 150 million of it guaranteed yeah but, yeah i think i think it was like 131 and he like got real upset and thought that was like a slap in the face and i think they were like hey man this is where the negotiation starts this is where yeah. we start working it and and it, it kind of seemed like he just told them I want 250 and I want 250 guaranteed. And he was like, that's it. Well, I mean, you can't, that does, that's not going to work. And most of these owners you know how much they want a quarterback. are not just going to get bossed around and told it's this or nothing. And I think that, you know, is where it kind of, kind of things went South for him. Well, and when you get into the injuries with Lamar and the play style, and I don't want to beat that, that drum to death, but the play style makes him more susceptible to injury and he's missed games. So you get into that, teams are going to be hesitant to to fully guarantee that contract. And, you know, as far as injury guarantees and stuff go because of that. And also the fact that, like you said, Ryan, stats are down. And yes, I blame Greg Roman, just like I know Dan does for the lack of development as a passer, but it hasn't been there. So how do you protect yourself if that doesn't develop? And if the injuries do continue to pile up, you, you can't, it's a little bit different with a fully guaranteed deal. And you could have made the same argument for Allen. That might be pretty comparable or the closest comp he has that's modern day. But, yeah. you know, that's where the I think the Ravens are coming from as far as not wanting to fully guarantee a ton of that. It, they want to it all play it safe. It, it, it all falls back to Watson. This, this is... Jimmy Haslam, this is, again, this is, this deal gets done. As we talked about, he needs a manager. This, like, I don't think it's the stats that's holding it up. I mean, I know he's he's not as productive as his 19th season. Mm -hmm. Historically, we have never seen an offense that good. 
uh, our boy Josh Larky pointed out today, they scored an over 50% of their drives that year. That's never happened since. Yeah. Like it, it was a outlier season mm-hmm. from the youngest MVP, who also was an anonymous MVP, which he can still hold that hat on. And it, it's, it's, it sucks to them because he's been hurt the last two years. Did it's, you mean unanimous? Yeah, that, there you go. You know mean words. I'm always horrible with them. <laughs> anonymous it, MVPs are harder yeah. to come by. Anonymous, yeah. Wait, who won <laughs> it? MVP, who won you it? don't even know who he is. Who is it? Ah, You, no. guy, you got the MVP. Yeah. It's going to be a very interesting... It, it, it wouldn't shock me if, if all of a sudden we see news that he's going to hire an agent, which he needs to. Like, yeah. this is so well beyond what his, what it, like what him and his mom should be logically be able to do without going to school and, and, and going through that entire process. Shout out to them for doing it for this lawn, but it, it's, he's not negotiating yeah. the rookie deal where it's just language. This is the most important money. contract of his, like this is the yes. most important contract of his life or his entire, his life. And like, this is it. This could, this, this could be going to set him. you up for life and what you're going to make beyond this. And what you're going to make the most on, because he should get, in my opinion, a five plus year deal. Like he's proven, yes, the injuries are there, but the injuries are fluky, and we and we all know that it's there's no, no actual. I, I agree. I'm not. Yeah. I have no problem with that time frame. So it, it, it's all. It, it's again, this all comes back to him, and these slight arrogance that he can do this himself, and and not enough people in his corner saying, "Dude, just pay up." You're going to make that back tenfold. I promise yeah. you. And it may not be Baltimore. Baltimore's in the driver's seat here. They look bad. They've looked bad, not just with him, but with Dobbins' situation, with Bateman coming out. This entire situation has looked terrible since Newsom's left. And now Newsom's going out on other talk radios, you know, giving his own two cents on this, on top of players coming out and saying stuff. Every single broadcaster has, has mentioned how dumb this is, just how odd this whole situation is and yeah. I think in the end it's Jackson is going to end up getting the worst of it and as someone who will always stand behind the player is not what I want to see as much as I love the Ravens like I I will forever be behind players when it comes to this shit because they're going to get taken advantage of and him is so obvious without having an agent to protect him yeah but that's the case Anything else on Jackson before we keep removing? We still got a good amount yeah, of news to get to. A lot of stuff. Is, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Joe Mixon's in more hot water after a shooting occurred in his neighborhood. His sister is questioned by police. No arrests were made. Mixon was stated to not be part of the crime. However, police were at his house at like 1.30 a.m. as he was in, quote, part of an active crime scene. Uh, this comes shortly after an aggravated menacing charge was dropped. So really quick succession. And is the Bengals are already on the verge of cutting him for cap savings anyway. Um, not trending great for him right now. No, he's gone. Yeah, I mean, he could be completely innocent here too, but it's a bad look to have two things that you got to pull your way out of. Boom, boom, like that. Yeah, it sucks for him. It does. It's, it's especially because it sounds like he has literally nothing to do with it. Yeah, you know, but it, it did. This it time. couldn't have like it, the one it, before this, he put himself in that situation. Yes. You know? This can't be, you know, just a worse situation. And and and, yeah. if, and as you mentioned for him, he's already a high and cut casualty at this point, as he, he probably should be. 
mm-hmm. you know, just the nature of business. So, yep. Geno Smith back to the Seahawks. It's a three-year deal worth up to 105 million, only 40 million guaranteed. So bridge deal for Gino, which makes a lot of sense. I also saw something after this as I was putting this together um, that basically said that, you know, Seattle's now a prime landing spot for Anthony Richardson. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. Brian knows where yeah. I want Anthony Richardson to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dan was tagging me all day the other day on Twitter. <laughs> no, but this I'm would like... be a fantastic spot for him. Yeah. And it, and great for and great good for Gino. Great for Gino. Even better for Seattle compared to what what Jones just got and what Card's going to get. Mm-hmm. It's they a very discount on him. It's a very team feel, fair deal. It rewards Gino for his comeback player of the year stuff and putting together easily the best season of his career. Um, and it doesn't prevent them from doing other things. Yeah, I think this is a smart deal all around. Uh, I got to applaud Gino and his and his agent because. They were smart. They took a, a good deal knowing that Seattle could have just buried him, but they gave him a chance and not just trying to push it to the limit and get every last dollar, I think, was smart on his part. Take a good deal. Keep that good faith with the team. You're still getting paid. Uh, maybe it's not the max deal he could have got, but I just think it's it's I think it's the opposite of the Jackson situation. It's just a smart move by right. him yeah. and the team. Just, you know, hey, let's we'll give you a little more than we want to give you, but we're gonna give you a little less than you want. You know, everybody's yeah. everybody's happy when no one's happy on the both sides. So I think I this this deal totally made sense to me, even though it just put the absolute <laughs> You know, hammering him on my boy Drew Lock. Uh, his, oh, his no, 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 no! It's like, oh, I just, I was like, man, I thought Drew was gonna get a Justin, shot. Justin, you didn't now. know what she just opened up, man. Uh, yeah. dude, it, it's not, it's not now, now we're gonna be here till midnight. Gotta, you missing Drew Lock, and now this show has just got two hours added on to it. No, hold, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't mute Hopper on my own. Fuck, I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy, <sighs> and this does not preclude Drew Lock sh- from uh, taking over the reins here. Should, should actually Drew Lock's a free agent, so maybe he. I would love say he's not going him going to like Tampa or one of those teams. Why? Give him a so shot. he can lose to Kyle Carol- Trask. I know Carolina, <laughs> Carolina, give him DJ Moore. Let it, oh, let oh. It lock to set up. Lock Why, to, so you can overthrow DJ Moore. God, I can't. Oh. I cannot wait. Let Lock cook. The bring back the Hopper versus the hand about Drew Lock. Let lock this course. Oh my um, god! Not Hopper's my new best friend now. Yeah, we're, 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 I know. We're brothers in the love for Drew. I was so happy to hear you say that. The brothers that love mediocre <laughs> to bad quarterbacks. God, this is great. It's it's, it's it, this is why we do this, dude. Uh, celebrate bad quarterbacks. Dude, celebrate uh, <laughs> mediocre quarterbacks. Dude, I I love just as bad quarterbacks as much as these guys do. So don't. I can't talk shit. Uh. Little loyalty here too from you know, look, you know could have been out of the league had the Seahawks not stuck by him, developed him, let him, you know, stuck with him as is Russ's backup for several years, and it paid off. So good on both. Love to see it. I want Juno to kill it for two more years and get that massive extension. Yeah, I want him to remember to write back. (laughs) Well, it wouldn't be massive, but good for him. Uh. Las Vegas franchise tag Josh Jacobs. He's on record as saying he will play on the tag if the Raiders add other talented players around him. Uh, this is not not um, going to happen. Have you seen all the Raiders have drafted? Yeah, this is not the non-exclusive tag either. So I mean, he's he's 
there either on a one-year deal or until he forces a trade or something. By the, way, Jackson. by the way, can we talk about how bad the franchise tag is for running backs? Because you got a first-round bunny running back, you can essentially hold them for their whole freaking career. Dude, $10 million on a franchise tag? Oh, it's like less than a tight end tag. It's insanity. It it's a million dollars less than the, the tight end tag. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. I, it's only like four million more than the kicker punter tag, I think. I w- which is just insanity. I'm waiting for like well, I'm waiting for like players. Too, so. Yeah. I'm like I'm waiting for players that are running backs to start claiming their wide receivers. Oh, that's the old, La- well, they already that tried. was the old Le'Veon Bell move. Le'Veon Bell tried to get reclassified with all his receivers as a wide receiver, so like, he could get tagged and get another eight million on the tag. What do you uh, think, Debo? Yeah, so yeah, pissed yeah. off right well, now? He's like, Jimmy, I don't want that many carries. I don't want to be a running back. Jimmy Graham's yeah, the one exactly. that Jimmy Graham's the one that came to mind too because he tried to get reclassified yeah, yeah. right into wide receiver. He should when he was with New Orleans. The guy can't play. Him. The guy can't block like a tight end. So he might as well, could you, you know. Right. Well, no, I, you, I think you at can't some set point, a pick on the line. Yeah, I was gonna say at some point, I think they're gonna have to make an adjustment to that and make like a general running back, wide receiver, tight end pool where they all kind of count towards something. I just think at yeah. some point they're gonna have to figure that out. That may end up hurting running backs there too because no one's gonna want to pay a top a top yeah. five you know wide receiver salary to a running back. No, but it'll prevent them from tagging them and let from them into the free agent that's, market. That's the and only that's, thing is that, and they could make less there. I mean. But that's I agree with you guys. I'm there that that this is bad. But this again, it's a this is the NFL telling us very clearly again that they don't value running backs. So well, no, right, and I just feel for you know you're a running back that comes out early at 21. You come out as a junior. Yep, and you're on a four year rookie deal. Let's say you're not a first round pick because most of them are. You're on a four year rookie deal. You're 25. You're con. If you get a second contract, you're looking. Three years for most guys of either second contract or bouncing around the league, and five if you're elite before you're done. It's it's. I'm shocked we're seeing more people do running back. I, I like to be honest. I, I, it, it's so shocking that we're seeing the like a talent pool of running backs. Just given, like especially through through college now, which is obviously like I think we're going to start seeing to change more. We are. Um, why would these guys? Oh yeah put their bodies on the line more than in like any other besides interior positions. Yeah. And get paid like shit. And then they're thrown (laughs) to the side as, as you just mentioned at 25, like even when they get their contract, Delvin cook paid like shit. I'll go play for two. I'll go be a running back for $10 million. Of course we would. (laughs) That's the height of their career. Yeah. But that's the thing to you, right? That's still life changing money for a lot for. I don't want to play running back. I'll I'll pass. So, it's still like I want to be a clipboard money. holder. If that's what, I, if that's how you get there, that's how you get there. But it's just in compare comparatively to other positions, it really sucks. I, well, you this is more so from long. the high end. I agree for like middle tier, like you're just gonna take what you get. But the highly touted recruits, the guys that can play multi positions, is where you could see that drop up come from. Guys yeah. moving on to either play safety or or like well, defensive well, back think- or playing wide receiver. Yeah, I was going to say, if you look at the combine um, last week, this is a, a really good example of this. Um, you saw, you know, everybody's kind of complaining about guys being a little small at wide receiver and running back, a little bit slower than in the past. But then if you watch the safeties and DBs, 
All these guys were like great size. Everybody was running a 4-3-4-4. And I think that's where you found these these guys are like, hey, instead of, you know, I grew up wanting to play offense because offense was the cool spot to play. I think all these guys are realizing the money's at DB. The money's if you're a shutdown corner and you're seeing a lot of these guys switch and go when they go to college, go to the defensive side of the ball instead of offense because they realize they can make more. Um, okay. and, they, and they don't beat themselves up as much uh, playing on the outside. I mean, I was just watching those those DB drills, and I'm like, oh my god! All man. the all the athletes are on defense. All these guys are playing cornerback. In I mean, everybody was six two two oh five running a four three on defense. It was crazy. Shit. Um, hell, the middle, the lot of wide receivers are between you know four four five and four five. Yeah, exactly. The and that's what I'm saying. I think these guys realize DB is where you make is where you can really make money. I mean, you're, right. you're going to see a ton of cornerbacks go in this first round, and that's going to just show you you're going to get probably more cornerbacks go in the first oh, round shit. than wide receivers and running backs mm-hmm. combined. Or defensive. I mean, defensive end too, right? You get these hyper athletes at defensive end, and yeah, yeah. Right. I, I like right. Derrick Henry. Right. You know, Derrick Henry. If, if Derrick, Derrick Henry's a high school kid right now. He's, he's going to college and playing DN. He's playing yeah. DN. There's no way he goes to college and plays running, running back. back. He's like, that's not where the money's at. I go and I'm going to play DN and I'm going to get drafted really high and I'm going to run a, a four four five at 235 or 40 pounds and I'm going to be a top 10 pick. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah. So Jacobs will be in Vegas. Jacksonville franchise tag Devin Ingram. Not so, a surprise. Smart move. Very, very smart move. Eleven million to franchise tag him. They'll work on a long term deal. That even if not, I mean, he finally put together a season we thought he was capable of. Um, well, really, the first one since his rookie. Just season. five years later. Yeah. So <laughs> good on him and and good on Jacksonville. I think they'll get to a long term deal here too. I, I don't think he plays on the tag. Let's hope so because you have a one what might be the strongest tight end class. This We've seen since his class, yeah, it's it, like even then it's it's high end and depth in this class compared to, you know, 2017 was just it's, very high end. It's even more insane after I worked up the athletic numbers. Yeah, the yeah. crazy combine stat on Ingram. I saw this the other day. I didn't know this. He ran a four four three. Yes, he did. At his size of the combine, just insanity. I I did not. I I remember him being a good, good athlete, but I never remember him being that fast. No, he got Luke Musgrave, who's who's how basically him and Mike Gusecki. Dan, you remember us talking about <laughs> Ingram during that rookie sesh, and you know the possibility of him even moving outside at four four three. I thought maybe you would. I thought maybe you'd go to Mike Evans, and 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 in hindsight, maybe you should have. Like we're talking about a position that also is grossly underpaid and, and screwed over is, is, is the tight end spot. Yeah. Tight ends at least have a lot of longevity if you're really good at it. Or even if you're not. I mean, look at some of those blocking tight ends and how long they've been around. So tight ends do have a lot more longevity than running backs at least. They do. They, but, do. Yeah, they don't take the hits like uh, running backs do. No, they don't. Well, when they're blocking, they can. They're getting a lot of people going after knees. Yeah. Uh, Calvin Ridley reinstated by the NFL after his year off for gambling. Good for him. Did you guys read the article he put out? Uh-uh. I did not. About it. I, yeah, I did. I did read it. It was pretty good. He was pretty honest. I think it yeah. makes sense. Um, he's a guy who 
a lot of people knew him growing up said he I mean, this guy had a really tough upbringing and uh, the fact that he even made it to college was a damn near a miracle. Um, so I, I, I can absolutely see where his, he was coming from a guy that was lonely, depressed, yeah. you know, it, it, and again, I think everybody's like, how did you know you can't gamble on sports? Like what? I, I legitimately think that he was just not even thinking about it. The way he said it, he was like, it was stupid. I was putting in a parlay on a bunch of other sports. And then I just randomly threw the Falcons in there. Cause I wanted to support my team. Now it sounds dumb. It sounds idiotic with all that's on the line, but it's actually kind of fathomable. I well, think if you think about it, like a lot of these guys, man, they just, that's, they, they don't have the people around them, you know, the idiotic part about this, but the idiotic part about this is he bet on his team to win in a game. He wasn't playing in because he was away from the team. And I think if you're not playing in it, you know, what the hell's the problem? I, I, I still think this a year for yeah. gambling, him putting on the team. I mean, that was just a ridiculous. I mean, that was ridiculous. I, that I was think they definitely could have, they could have went about that a whole nother way. I mean, gambling's here to stay. Everybody knows it. It's about time. The NFL and just all these other leagues have finally agreed. Yeah. That's my thing. They could have gave him like a two game suspension, give him a big fine, be like, Hey man, this was really stupid. I mean, it's not a situation where it's like, Hey dude, he was, you know, Put in game and put in and like on the sideline during a game. You know, it's it's not like he was. It's not like they look back and he's he made like, you know, a ton of bets on NFL games in the last two three years. It was a one time only a bet. I mean, he's an NFL player. He put fifteen hundred dollars in his account. This guy's obviously not betting crazy. It's not like he put a million on the game or something. I mean, guy had fifteen hundred dollars in his total account. I mean, he obviously was a new better. It's obviously was something that was stupid and dumb. And they should have treated it like, hey, this is a dumb this is a dumb move by a kid in his twenties. Like not exactly not the oh my god, the, the integrity of the game's on the line <laughs> right. over a freaking sixteen parlay for hundred Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was just gonna say this so, isn't Pete Rose. It's a completely different situation. Or Tim Donahue. Um Man, yeah. that documentary was wild. I don't know if any of you guys ever saw that. That was crazy. Uh, I have not watched it yet. I yeah, you, get, you get a chance to watch it. It's it's pretty. It's pretty. Yeah, I got ESPN Plus. I'll be bored later tonight. Um, <laughs> Saints signed Derek Carr four-year deal, one hundred fifty million. Um, so he lands called it. In New Orleans. Dan called it. Um, not surprised here. Be interesting to see what happens around him and how they make the cap money work. They did restructure Taysom Hill's deal. deal. Um, Michael Thomas, they're about to extend, quote-unquote, so that'll probably be a restructure as well. But interested to see how they how they work that out and what fits around him. You know, obviously, it's an upgrade for Olave. If Michael Thomas is healthy, he'll be very intriguing again as we get into to redraft, and you'll have another cell window in Dynasty. All you can hope for. All you can hope for. Uh, Cowboys franchise tag Tony Pollard. So also at ten million. Uh, this is bigger news because it means Dalton Schultz is not franchise tagged and will actually hit the open market. So they can draft the replacement. Dalton can get. Dalton can get. Yeah, I yeah. can't wait. Please make it happen. No, nah, this, this is forever a Dalton Kincaid. <laughs> Hendershot. 
I, I don't don't care. Don Kincaid is better than Hendershot. Like I yes. like Hendershot, but if you have an opportunity at Dalton Kincaid, you don't pass on that because you have Peyton Hendershot sitting there. <laughs> I can't wait for the Cowboys to really seek. That's that's where I'm at. Just let him walk. They're gonna be you he'll, know Jerry Jones is gonna draft. He'll restructure on the cheap. He'll restructure on the cheap. You know it's gonna happen. They're definitely gonna take Bijan. They're you taking Bijan. They already said it. If he was there, they're taking him. They're taking him. And then it's gonna be Tony Pollard on that one year deal. And then we're all gonna yeah. keep waiting why Tony Pollard hasn't gotten a shot to be. <sighs> I love Tony it's, it's Pollard. A totally, it's a totally Jerry Jones move. Or it's it gonna is. Piss, piss all the Bijan hunters off because Tony Pollard's eating <laughs> into his workload. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna. Ah, I can't wait to watch this shit show that Jerry Jones, um, again creates because he makes bad decisions. Yeah. Speaking of favorite quarterbacks and mediocre quarterbacks, Patriots released Brian Hoyer, saving them two hundred ninety thousand dollars against. The he, he was. <laughs> I didn't know he's on the team still. Yeah, you know, good for Brian Hoyer. He carved out a long career for himself. Thirty-seven. He He'll catch on as a starter somewhere. He's gonna go start for the <laughs> Texans. Yeah. He's gonna go oh, play in the Sorry, XFL. we've done we've done that already. Oh my god. I saw I saw his last start at for the Colts and it was brutal. He's I never... mean real bad. And that was probably two years ago. He should go to San Francisco and then we can have another 45 minute rant. There was one time we had a 45 minute rant when he was on the Niners and he was the starter was that day. literally Dan and I this when I still lived in Springfield, so Dan and I were probably drinking for 45 minutes before we, we were This is a third episode. This is yeah. our third. We did back I, to back yeah. to back. You and I were fucking hammered. You and I had been drinking from beforehand, too. We were hammered, and we just went 45 minutes on Hoyer. Nick was so mad. He's like, he you guys so spent mad. 45 minutes on Brian fucking Hoyer. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's Brian fucking Hoyer, man. Brian Hoyer. Right? <laughs> I made a convincing argument that he was I don't know good. why we, yeah. Like him and I think Kyle Rudolph are both the infamous Lon Rants for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> the White Lightning episode. Or just any time we talked about a white guy. That's a good song, too. Thanks, Jordy Nelson. Ah. Um, and James White. <laughs> for oh, the yeah. nickname. Huh. <laughs> well, it was Jordy Nelson's nickname. That's right. It was Jordy Nelson's nickname. I just That's played right. it for James White, and Nick's like, that doesn't even make sense anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> YouTube's going to hate that, but we're going to do it anyway. Um. All right. So, you don't want to do beer now, or do you want to? We, get should, we should do a beer review stuff? now. I'm on beer two, so I'm almost out. So if that doesn't say something about the beer. beer review. It does say something about the beer. Why don't you tell us about the beer? So uh, again, this is a. Uh, Ravina's uh, food truck. This is their Pilsner. They say this bash features sunshine, and then I'm assuming made with with, with uh, Pilsen malts. Uh, 4.9 percent, uh, 23 IBUs. This is a a, a more bright forward Pilsner. Um, very 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 delicious. Not so not so heavy on the bittering with the hops, which is typically why I I tend to for some reason I love bitter in IPA. It's not so much in Pilsners, but this one just hits differently. Uh, maybe because it's super cold, but it's a fantastic. It's a style that uh, if I'm not drinking NAs, which has been my biggest kick lately, it's it's been lager. So uh, absolutely solid all around. And I'm wondering why I found them in in 
in uh, Marion, Illinois, and, and I can't find them anywhere else. Like, how are you from Chicago? And I can't find you in any of the main downstate cities, but I can find you in Marion. They've got a really strange distributor. That it's is some, it's it somebody real. Be. It's somebody real small. Or, I've or had, it's like I've a friend of a friend. Before. Like maybe they're yeah. self-distro <laughs> and like a friend of a friend. Like that's how like Yinlane has ended up in like, you know, Cali for so long is that, you know, family friend was able to get distribution. Hey, we got Yingling in Missouri now. You do? Yeah. I see it all over the place. I was in Cape Girardeau on Tuesday. Uh, uh, I, I almost bought it and I almost had it on the show. Lindsay was in a schnooks over in Creep Core last weekend and almost picked some up for me. I'll be over there. Well, no, sometime this weekend. I'll be in Springfield beginning of April. <laughs> Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I had the extra special Brewster from Blind Pigs. This is a ESB. Um, so first off, the malt character is definitely there. It's it's lightly toasty. It's lightly caramely. It's not too heavy in in anything. Um, it finishes nice and dry, which is what you expect. This is supposed to be a very drinkable beer. It is a very drinkable beer. Um, light amount of bitterness there. Bitter is kind of a misnomer with with British beers. They're bitter, but they're definitely not like IPA bitter or anything like that. Um, yeah, taking away a little bit, just some some things to notice. It's not quite as clean as I would expect from an ESP. Um, so um, just not not quite as crisp. It's a little bit heavier on the body, even though, like I said, it finishes dry. So you do want to come back for more. Body's a little bit heavier than I'd expect. Um, not quite as crisp as I'd expect. There's a lot of sediment in it, which I wouldn't expect out of an ESB. Um, I didn't hard pour this or anything, and it's pretty cloudy. And you can actually like kind of see up around like the rim of the glass or whatever where it's stuck there. So I don't know if there's a packaging issue here or or what's up with that. But uh, a little bit more sediment, a little bit more head than I'd expect. So, um, you know, technically speaking, if I put on the BJCP hat, which I don't always like doing, technically speaking, there's some things off here. But overall, um, I still drank it really, really quick. The malt flavor is still there. It's exactly what I want when I pick up a light, a light like malty beer. I want something that I can drink that's not going to be overly filling too heavy and has a good amount of flavor. And it definitely hits those notes. So, um, you know, I'm not disappointed there's just you know some some things that i think keep it from being holy shit this is fantastic all right and i had rogue out of line west coast indian pale ale definitely like all my other pale ales or my my uh west coast style ones tropical citrusy very more tropical though and the citrusy is like you feel more on the back end of it so it kind of gives you that grapefruit tang a little bit of bitter, more bitter too, and then an aftertaste of piney, which seems kind of weird. But like as it gets warmer, it starts getting more piney and more like I I start getting more cotton mouth compared when it's ice cold. It's like more grapefruit. It was smooth. north northwest. What's that? Yeah, Rogue's in Portland. Yeah, that makes sense. That yeah, yeah, it makes be. sense that it's piney. That's kind of classic West Coast. That is yeah. very traditional West Coast. Yeah, very, very traditional West Coast tops there. That's where you're getting piney out of it. Okay. Dustin, you want to revere your beer? You want to review <laughs> yeah, your own I'll, beer? I'll talk about my beer a little bit. So again, I'm drinking, your own beer. It's the I'm worst drinking, fucking uh, beer ever. <laughs> I'm drinking a Small Town Hero American IPA. Uh, we make this one with 
a few different hops, a little Simcoe, Mosaic, and Citra. So we tried to add a little brightness to it. Uh, we, we tried to do um, a little that more, more of a, a West Coast style, and it's a little more traditional. But then we tried to add uh, some of those, a uh, little bit of uh, you know citrus hops in there to give it a little bit of that flavor without actually putting any kind of um, extra flavoring in there. I know some people ask us sometimes, like, oh, it's kind of like a little citrus, a little this. I'm like, it's the hops. We didn't add any pineapple. We didn't add anything else to it. We wanted a, a pretty traditional one, but we wanted something bright uh, that you could drink uh, a summer IPA. So that's uh, that's what we got. It's a, like I said, it's a, it's a rarity. Um, maybe we'll come out with it again uh, as we made it for uh, the Seaman Family Foundation for Jason Seaman at Nobleville, uh, Noblesville uh, High School and in, in, uh, in Middle School in indiana so uh great beer for a great cause um they're just a, a nice ipa awesome story um i'm now following justin's lead and drinking my own beer so <laughs> i got my my scottish light sorry award win technically award-winning scottish light. you should yeah man i i mean so, i talked about it with tor but i didn't yeah. make the beer but i fucking you know praise it you should okay. be praising mm-hmm. your own beer fine i made the beer award-winning scottish light there you go <laughs> So actually this has been my go-to beer for like the last two weeks just because it's it's a light it's Scottish light so it's 3.2 percent but it actually has flavors so it's like a perfect after work beer very nice anyway uh let's combine combine dying over let's here. do it where did that go oh it's highlighted combine breakdown All right, we're going to round table position by position and just kind of go through some things. So um, as we work through, let's just I'll go ahead and kick it off. Uh, there were really two big stories uh, in the quarterback realm over the weekend, at least that I was picking up on. The biggest one, of course, with Ant- was Anthony Richardson. And I don't think that there's a quarterback that helped himself more at the combine by most accounts and most post combine mock drafts. He has leapfrogged Will Levis um, and is going top 10. Uh, between you know how good he did in athletic drills, we talked before the combine about how it's really hard for a quarterback to really change their stock in athletic drills. Anthony Richardson made himself the exception to that, and the early accounts of him knocking interviews out of the park also um, really, really bode well for him. He has solidified himself this year, in my opinion, as kind of the uh, you know the raw prospect that you're going to go after. I knew it wasn't Will Levis. Um, who Levis kind of reminded me of like what Carson Strong was a couple of years back where people Ryan Mallett were super high on him with the big arm and everything. And then I didn't see it. Um, Richardson, though, I think is the true like where we land with what, you know, Malik Willis was or Trey Lance was these raw, you know, prospects that have uh, that are very, very toolsy, very, very athletic um, that you want to see land someplace like Seattle where there's development opportunity, but not somebody locked in ahead of him. I think he goes one one I think whoever I, th- I think this is so. I was listening to Matt Kelly's bold dick. Yeah, I, I I was listening to you know to Matt Kelly talk about this on one of his podcasts and this mirroring the 2018 class of you know Baker versus Josh Allen in this sense, where you have you know Bryce Jones Baker. And you have you know Richardson and Josh Allen in the sense where you have your Sean, you 
you can't teach size and athleticism tools a quarterback that's just super raw. It just needs work. Yeah, but what we do you can do see is, that. Where does Stroud fall into that though? Right? Does he leave still both top of ten? Them? Yeah, I, I do think I do. Both, I do think though. he lost both. I do leave. I do think. I think a team's going to fall in love with Richardson more than Stroud. And really? I think, I think Young is going to be the where, you know, it fights the most. Young plays for the right school. Young had a great, you know, counting stats. He had a fantastic year with very little wide receiver help. <laughs> that's where I think the that's where I think the hurdle is. But I do, I, I, I just wouldn't be shocked, and I'm, I'm calling it now, that whoever trades with Chicago is going to take Richardson. They're going to go for upside. They're going to go for upside. I, I don't know if it's the right call. I'm not saying it's the right call. You know I'm about really, to disagree. He, yeah, he has 12 games underneath his belt as a true actual starter. And yeah, okay, he started in the SEC. And then I like to compare him to Trey Lance. And Trey Lance was the FBS version of this. He's got a, he's got a hell of an arm. He's got the legs. He's just super raw. So it's like, do you really want someone who only has the 12 games? I mean, look at Mitch Trubisky. He was the same way. He had 12 games in North Carolina. The teams work. are going to say this. It's going to be, do we want Josh Allen or, or do we want Baker Mayfield? Yeah, I don't do agree. Want... I don't agree with those comparisons, though. No. Is the other problem here as well. Like, I don't. The thing with Matt Kelly, and I love him because he's such an interesting take on things, is that the shtick is he's such an interesting take on things. So, you know, it's not. I'm not saying he's the counselor by any means because he's no, not. No, nobody's that dumb. But and not one for one comparisons. It's just comparing the years of, of why we could see this. Yeah, not more so the player player comparison where where Bryce John is equal to Baker Mayfield, the, or, or 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 Richardson is equal to Josh Allen. It, it's it's the same type of similar, you know, feel, and we could see teams make the different decision because of what happened between the two. In eighteen, it's a hot take for being a yeah, bull take. It's, I, I, it's I'm spicy. A, yeah, I'm a total CJ Stroud guy. I I love CJ Stroud. I, I think he's the, the best QB uh, by far. Uh, I'm a Colts season ticket holder, so I'll get that out of the way before I go here. I want to see the Colts take Stroud. Don't take Will uh, Levis, please. Time. Just like, don't no. take I do, Levis. I, if, if the Colts, I, I've already told people, if the Colts take <laughs> Levis, I don't even know if I can go to a game next year. I just, I can't do it. <laughs> so the, I mean, he, he is, he is Ryan Mallett. He's Jake Locker. He's all those guys that oh, yeah, he had is. an He's arm bad. and looked good and had the size, but is just not good. He does look good in shorts. He does look good in shorts. He does, but here's the thing is, I, I watched a lot of tape of him, and the biggest issue with me is he throws off his back foot all the time he He's never in. steps into throws he uses his arm to make plays and that is just a recipe for disaster the biggest issue for me I mean, is that he's late on everything yeah, exactly. So he he's, he has bad timing, and then he tries to make up for that bad timing with his arm and overthrow every ball. And if you watch the combine drills with him, uh, dude, he was just chucking the ball. Yeah, at every yeah, wide yeah, receiver yeah, and every yeah, drill. Yeah. I mean, there was drills where guys were looking at him like. Dude, you don't have to throw a hundred mile an hour fastball when I'm running. You know, a to See, where where where's MJD when you need him to <laughs> to come out there yeah. and do do what he did to Tyree Jackson and tell him to chill the fuck out? Yeah, it's just so. I mean, I'm out on Levis. I think it's crazy. I saw uh, some of his stats and some of the things as far as like measurables, and they're the same as Sam Howell. 
who yeah. actually produced in college, who I actually like a ton. And he didn't, would he not go to like the fourth or fifth, fifth round? round. Fifth, fifth, fifth rounder. Fifth yeah. rounder. Yeah. So my, my thing is like, if you're out on Sam Howell and he's not going to the fifth, how can you talk yourself into Will Levis as a top 10 QB? It yeah. makes zero sense to me. I just don't, I don't understand it at all. I, I, I don't know if this is some kind of smoke screen. I mean, I could see Levis taking a monster from Malik Willis drop uh, in the draft, and all of a sudden everybody's talking about top 10, then he doesn't go to the third round. I mean, to me, that would make more sense. I, hope- I just don't see how you pass on all those guys last year, and then all of a sudden you and, – and again, people want to talk about, like, oh, he didn't have a lot of players around him in Kentucky. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Dude, there's guys that have put up – I mean, Antoine Randall-L almost won a Heisman at Indiana. And then, I mean, went to, and then converted to wide receiver. Team. Yeah. Yeah, but exactly. So, but I was saying, there's plenty of guys that that produce in college with not the best talent around them. Plus, Kentucky. I mean, people want to rip that they had nobody. They had Wondell Robinson last year. They had uh, they have uh, uh, it's uh, I'm forgetting his face name, but it's Brown. He's a he's gonna be a sophomore. He was great as a freshman. They've got some talent there. So to act like he was just playing with nobody doesn't make any sense. And if you look at a lot of his interceptions, you go back and look at the tape. A ton of them are because he's late on throws, he's behind receivers, and he throws the ball too hard where it's bouncing off guys' hands into picks. And that's happening in college. That's going to be a big problem in the NFL to me. I just I feel like he's a turnover machine waiting to happen in the NFL. He yeah. is – this bad. is so, – he's so – it's so obvious that that like like if he goes top 10, it's going to be such a a hard bust. Like, oh, like yeah. it just feels like you know, just like he's Mason Rudolph, he is you know, Sam Darnold. Just, just, just it's just why he looks good in shorts, yeah. and he does throw a pretty deep ball. He he does have a live arm. That's it. Like it's like it's he's painful to watch. And someone yeah. who doesn't it's, watch it's, film, I don't love film. He is painful. Yeah, it, it is. I've, I mean, even the highlight, like watch, six years of highlights aren't video. even good. Painful this, to watch. So I'm saying, I watched his highlight video, and his highlight video, I was like, I'm picking the highlight video part. I'm like, this is the highlights. I need to see the bad <laughs> stuff. I mean, every yeah, the full, throw was the full game the bad, oh, falling yeah. away. He has was, no, I was just like, oh. How did I describe it? He's like baby giraffe meets deer in the headlights <laughs> because he has no <laughs> sense for bad. pressure either. But, um. <sighs> Anthony Richardson, Dan, I I can't back to it. I'm going to disagree at one overall. I'm going to agree that if he was top seven or top eight, I'm not surprised at all because that's where I see him being mocked. And I think you now have three guys guys that are surefire to go top 10 and potentially even top six. I think that he brought that a lot closer. I don't think that he jumps younger Stroud, but I think he brought himself a lot closer. I, I, it, yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Don't be shocked. I'm just saying. Don't. Don't. I will be. I, I think but a good landing spot for be. Richardson would be like Carolina. You know, I think Carolina could sign Sam Darnold to like a one or two year bring deal, him short back, contract. Yeah. Bring him back. Let him start a year and yeah, let Richardson try. Try. sit behind no. him. And then all of a sudden, he ends up. You know, if they because again, if you're Carolina, Sam Darnold was actually pretty decent at the beginning of the year before he got hurt. He got off to a pretty good start um, before he got hurt. I mean, he was—he's not your long-term answer, but he—he's somebody you can. Yeah, an okay finish too. ready. Yeah, he was not terrible at the end. And I think you know, if you end up being bad and you're Carolina, 
it only helps you. Now you're getting higher draft picks for when you want to start Richardson. I mean, Richardson's got the build. He looks great. Uh, I'm I'm worried about him. I mean, just a guy, he was at 53% completion percentage in college. And mm-hmm. that risk, was a I big part of it. There was, yeah, there, there was like three games. He had like three really good games. And he had a ton of games where he was <laughs> under 50% completion for the game. I think it was seven or eight. I counted out of the 12 he played in that he was under 50% completion percentage. So I just think, I, I mean, that just doesn't get fixed overnight. Can it? Yeah. Yes. Is he young? Yes. Is he raw? Yes. But, but again, you've got to be a team that's willing to say, Hey, we're three years out on this guy, two or three years before he's even playable or before he's good. Maybe he gets on a team and he just makes a ton of progress out of nowhere. But I think you, if you start him right away, I think you're just begging to ruin his career. agree on that i agree on that it won't take him it's gonna take him longer than a year like this is gonna like he is a beyond one year project i i I do think he should he should play year one at all overall pick on a project the kansas city chiefs did i mean mahomes he's had the whole the bill spent the top seven pick the niners spent i mean Lance says, well, right. Top three. Top seven pick. Yes. I am spent I the top. I'm not Rams. Now I spent the top three pick on in a weak quarterback Rodgers. class. That was the Lawrence class. That was considered the strongest class in like two decades. What Lance? Yes. Cause that was the Lawrence Lance and fields. Zach Wilson, Mac Jones draft class. Like oh, that was considered. Right. And, and, and I was looking at the, I don't class. think this, I don't think this will happen. I'm saying, I will not be shocked if it does. That's I, mean, I get it. that's what a hot take is, right? It, it's I was looking at the wrong class. I was looking at yeah, the yeah. Murray Murray class earlier. Yeah. Um for different reasons. So <laughs> that's because, Daniel Jones, maybe I don't know. No, it's it's because of the Bryce Young basically he's, coming in. Bryce Young's exactly not Kyler, Kyler Murray. He's not Kyler Murray. No, he's well measurable. He's a lot smaller than Kyler Murray. Like when you that's look the, the only thing that's side. actually different because Murray was also a two high end two sport athlete. Yeah, Jan is Jan is Jan wishes he was like it's painful to watch Jan run. Like to me, he ran. The the like watching him slide. It's like, dude, young got to Joe Flacco. Hit it when my quarterbacks can't slide. It's like, who you Joe Flacco? You got to have good play action too. Brad Kaya, Brad Kaya. (laughs) But no, the thing with with young and I purely said from measurable, he's five ten over two hundred, but. You know, young look, people are gonna make a big deal about the height, and it's gonna depend on where he lands. Because if you land in somebody that's an idiot like Nagy was with Trubisky, you're not gonna get what you want out of this. Young is somebody that you're gonna have to scheme for. You're gonna have to move pockets. He's really good when he's improvising, he's really good when he's playing playground ball. And to me, there was a lot of Russell Wilson in that in the way that he he played that way. Russell Wilson also high in two sport athlete. I get it, but there was a lot of Russell Wilson in the way that he played quarterback as a passer and being able to extend plays, keep them alive, keep eyes downfield, move the pocket, sense pressure, and make that happen. I'm not really concerned about the height because a smart OC will be able to scheme with that because of the athleticism. Yeah, he looks painful to run. He's good lateral and he's agile. He's the one I could see actually going one-on-one 
And I see the Colts actually would be trading up for him. I think he does. Again, I do too. Hot, hot take that we we've we've gone so far. Yes, I do think Jan is. I think the the true conversation is who goes, you know, keeping between Shroud and Richardson, which could be back to back picks. I, I still there's think a, there's, it's there's young a lot Shroud of keeping but I still think it's Young, Shroud, Richardson, and then probably Levis and Hooker is four or five, fourth or fifth quarterback. And I am, him, but I'm with Josh. I am team Shroud. Like Richardson does yeah, to I me like have Stroud the most upside. Shroud is the guy that I, I really want. Yeah. And I would Stroud love is, to oh, see. Yeah. I love Shroud. So yeah, I just I mean, think Shroud as a Colts fan, I'd like to see him on there, but I also think fantasy wise, it makes him way more relevant. I think him on the Colts with who they have around there, that offensive line and a healthy JT coming back. I think it makes him a pretty fancy relevant player um, on the Texans. I got to be honest, if he's on the Texans, I don't like him as much. I just, no, I just, he doesn't have for fancy upside, no. I, I, yeah, I just don't see it at all. He's um, the Nico I'm, I'm worried about Bryce Young on size. It's just getting beat up. I know he weighed in over 200. I still think that they did everything in their power to get him to 200 because that guy is not that big. I mean, you have him stand next to anyone. He is just a skinny dude. I mean, he is definitely going to be in a play in about 181, 185 max. I just don't see him actually being able to be at that 200 pounds because he's just not that big of a guy. I mean, you look at standing next to Kyler Murray, man, they're, I mean, Kyler Murray looks double the size of CJ Shar as, as a young, even though they're technically like six pounds difference. Kyler Murray looks a lot bigger than CJ or than than Young. I'm sorry, and I I just really worried. I think the guy's got talent. I'm not banging his talent. My worry is if he ends up on a bad team with a bad O line, I'm worried he gets gets beat to shreds, and that it just kills his confidence. And that guy that's standing back there in Alabama slinging it becomes a Derek Carr or not Derek Carr uh, Baker Mayfield yeah big becomes a guy that starts getting scared and falling away and throwing passes and all of a sudden he doesn't look very good because he's just rattled yeah it's yeah yeah I think he yeah yeah and I like Bryce John I do have my concerns I like him as a player he's a great college player I'm not I'm, I'm not hating on him at all I just if I'm a if I'm a GM taking a one one I'm I'm real nervous about that because uh, again, it's not like you're taking Michael Vick, who was basically his size. I think still think slightly bigger, but Michael Vick was just a superior athlete. Where Young is a really good quarterback, but I don't think he's a superior athlete. No, he's no, no. not at all. <laughs> yeah, I still think I'm. You're gonna see this go Young Stroud. Yeah, no, no, I agree. He played for the right school. I joke yeah. about it, but there is a real Bama tax. There like, is. He is. And they'll call up Nick Saban, and Nick Saban will will Brag praise him because Yon is a great leader, great locker room guy. Like, I think Yon will succeed for as long as he, you know, can stay healthy, can protect himself, <laughs> and lands in an offense. And dude took is, some. <laughs> dude was not, like not taking hits. He took some hits, and I know which come is out of it with only the, shoulder, the shoulder injury from an awkward landing. You know, yeah. okay, like he takes yeah. a beating. And I mean, without quarterbacks, you want to see that taken less. The only other thing I have on quarterbacks that I want to shout out here um, for me is kind of a, okay, I'm intrigued now. And I want to shout out Clayton too. Somebody, somebody that I'm watching a little bit closer. Um, I still need to do film work up on him, but he checked in at six, three, two 20. 
Um, second most athletic quarterback in this class by you know workout metrics and in player profiler four six four on the 40 126 burst 1114 agility score um threw for over eleven thousand yards he's 23 so he's not old old no. threw for over eleven thousand yards in his um college career um he threw for 104 touchdowns in his college career which i believe was second highest out of players i vetted behind tyson Vagent. um close to a 64 career completion percentage um interception percentage is a little high it was 6.9 touchdown percentage 2.7 interception percentage and he rushed for over 1200 yards in his college career as well so he's kind of the guy that i'm watching is like you know what we did bailey zappy last year um you know that i'm interested to see where he lands is kind of this like second tier probably going to be a backup could be fun if he's pressed into starting duty type guy um there's always a couple of those a year that i tend to like and you know we'll see how i feel after i do the film on clayton tune but um from what i've seen statistically and athletically um i i'm definitely definitely interested in him um, yeah, I like Tune. I like Tune a lot. He was uh, super productive. I mean, he's the opposite of Will Levis in that he was crazy productive at Houston. <laughs> um, the guy just just made plays. I think he's definitely a late round guy to look at. Uh, I think he Bailey's happy. I think it's a good uh, comp to him. I think he's actually a little bit bigger, a little more athletic than Bailey Zappi. Yeah, I agree. So I, I I like him there. Um, a, a guy that I, I I'm sneaky. I don't know if he ever is a starter in the league, but I think a guy that can maybe carve out uh, a place is uh, the uh, former UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yeah. yeah. I like some yep. stuff on him. I still think he's a guy that maybe is a sixth, seventh round pick. Uh, I've seen a lot of people talking about him with the Steelers. You know, if they move on from Mitch and they move on from uh, Rudolph, that maybe he's a guy you bring in with your sixth or seventh round pick and see if maybe he can play behind Pickett and be a solid guy in the future. But he's a guy I think yeah. has a, a decent outside. A lot of people didn't see him play because he played at UCLA. And, you know, you just get that West Coast bias for people that watch those late games. But I watch a lot of those late games being a bar guy and a night guy. I, I watch a lot of those. I actually thought um, – I thought he's intriguing. I don't know if he ever starts the league, but I think he's a guy that could definitely be a solid two and could end up having a pretty good career and and that he wouldn't kill you if your starter went down. He'd be able to come in and and do some things. But yeah, those are probably the two guys I like the most in that second tier is Tune and uh, and Robinson. But I I mean, I'm taking Hendon Hooker over (laughs) Levis at this point. If I'm got a second round pick, I'd wait and take him. I'd but that, that's just me. I'll, I'll no. get off Will Levis now. Just, no. Yeah, I just, no. Yeah, I just, no, no, no. I just don't like no. I, I'm be, also be Will Levis. Perfect. I'm also, yeah, I'm also hooker over Levis. And then the three guys, there's a third guy I'm looking at that I don't think did. Well, he, he did some combine drills. Didn't necessarily check out huge athletically, but was a huge passing producer. Um, smaller school is uh Tyson Badgins, the other one that at least him, DTR, and Tune are the next three that I'm watching to kind of figure out where I think they fall, just based on statistical profiles, college productivity, that type of stuff. I completely agree with you on Thompson Robinson. Um, 10,000 yard passer. Um, he was also 63 plus completion percentage, a very, very similar touchdown percentage in numbers to what, what Tune had, but rushed for 600 more yards in his career and 13 more rushing touchdowns. So um, a little bit more rushing productivity there. 1,800 yards is uh, 
nothing to sneeze at. The only person in the class that had more rush yards out of the people I vetted was Hendon Hooker. So Thompson's what like I want to see where right he lands. That. Yeah, I want to see him go to Philly. I want to see him back. You know, back up somebody that that plays very. You know, he's <laughs> obviously not not hurt size, but very you know, similar play style. You know, Baltimore if they move on from Huntley. I saw Mariota to Philly take earlier today that yeah. I didn't hate. Just he's like you guys said, he's obviously not going to be a full time starter. But if you can get some Brent Henley, if you some Brent Henley production, where you get some rushing production on top of some throwing, where like even if he's not a great passer, because of you still have to respect his legs, that that it's these guys can find fantasy production when they're thrown into those starting roles with the injuries. Yeah. So anything shout else? out. I appreciate yeah. it. Anything else on quarterbacks from the combine before we go to running backs? Fuck Will. I heard this, was it was it like speaking of Dorian Thomas, like we all saw how good he was for like UCLA. Like I would watch some West Coast games, but I heard he had a horrible combine. I wasn't able to watch it, but I heard his combine was actually horrible. Yeah. Is that actually true, Jonathan? He had a really saw? bad burst. He had apparently his agility drills slow, were pretty rough. But... You're in a four five six forty. Which is yeah, it was the sorry, it was the agility drills that threw him off. But I mean, it's quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, he just wasn't a workout wonder. I mean, I think he's one of those guys that is a solid QB. But he, yeah, I don't think anybody really thought he was going to go in there and just blow the combine away. Um, I don't think that's necessarily the type of quarterback he is. Um, I just think he's he's one of those guys. He's got a solid framework. He's been good in college for a couple of years. I just think he's got that ability to kind of carve out a niche in the NFL. But yeah, I don't. He he wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. He just you know he just didn't do anything that was like. You know, shock and awe. You know, that wasn't Anthony Richardson type of style. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody saw Richardson, and everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, look at all the things he's doing!" And all the other guys who were just kind of average, everybody just kind of ignored. So I don't think he right. had a bad combine. I just don't think he did anything that like really stood out. Right. He wasn't Anthony Richardson. Pretty much, he wasn't. all being comp to it. Like it, it, it's it not is. really their fault. But I mean, we just historically watched one of the greatest uh, quarterback workouts ever. Yeah, because it's funny because I run like a rookie mock drafts over at Faceoff Sports Network, and as soon as Anthony Richardson hit, he went from being like the 107, 108, and I had him has go started going as high as 102, 103, in Superflex mock, mock drafts. I, mean, I think freaking nuts. I, I think for fantasy, I think that's it's it's not a the worst call to go high and upside. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm there yet because there's so there's I'm not so there yet. the safety cons or the. Floor concerns by missing out on that high of a pick, but I get it. I don't hate I mean, it. Richardson's a guy who, in a one QB league, I'm probably jumping on a little bit later just because of the offside of him. Yeah. I I don't know, man. That, that, I don't know if I can jump on him that early. I can't in, take uh, him over Stroud. I can't take him over Stroud. There's no way. Too much safety in Shroud, but I, 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 dude, his the upside is is tantalizing for which it's how we know it's too much on upside. Yeah, if you it's can wet, it's, it's wet dream upside. It is yeah. a wet dream upside. Yeah, it's yeah. Josh Allen all over again. Apparently, I like I said one QB where you can sit on him and he ends up blowing up. You look like a genius, but in superflex <laughs> where you're taking a guy that high, you're basically counting on him to play and give you production. And I just like, I mean, I guess if you're if you're if you are on a three or four year rebuild on your uh, dynasty team, then maybe it's worth it. You take him because you're like, hey, I'm going to suck for the next couple of years anyway. And uh, 
and I don't need them to pr- produce. Maybe I do it, but man, it's that it's scary. It's, it's scary. Gonna I mean, be a lot of, very lot of scary. Upside, but it's scary. It's going to be the floor versus upside debate yeah. on them. I think all off season. All right. Moving on to running backs, let's. I'm gonna start this one off and get a little hot takey. I guess we're gonna start <laughs> with Bijan. Um, so if you listen to last week's episode before, you know we were talking Bijan. I kind of mentioned, uh, you know, that productivity wise, you know, basically what I said was I didn't see anything with Bijan as to why some people had him as the dynasty RB one before he ever took a snap in the NFL. From watching his his college film, looking at his college stats, I thought that, you know, he was very, very good. But I also thought that, you know, what I saw was more Josh Jacobs than it was Jonathan Taylor um, or Brees Hall. And then what I said was that, you know, I was looking to the combine to kind of change that and bump it up that I wanted to see him you know, go Brees Hall or Jonathan Taylor on some of these workouts. And ultimately that didn't happen. Um, solid across the board, just like the film is solid across the board and Bijan is solid across the board. He is my RB one. He's not in his own tier. Like guys were the last couple of years for me. I think that Gibbs did enough, um, running sub four, three, um, and also checking in at a BMI, um, that was, you know, 29.4, which is not, you know, it's, it's, it's not, 30.5, 30.5, but it's not bad. Everybody's like, oh, Gibbs didn't hit 200. He hit 199. You're going to make that big of a deal out of two pounds or one pound or whatever. His no. playing weight is probably not even 199. His playing weight is probably less than that. Yeah, but he hit 199, and that's people are, what people are going to quote. We'll catch it at the pro day. I don't think I have them in different tiers. I think that if I'm putting it numerical, Beaton's number one and Gibbs is two. I don't think I have enough there to put him in different tiers because Bijan did not go out and light the combine up. Gibbs and a host of others had better 40 times. He had the same 10 splint as Roshad Johnson. Um, Burst score-wise, Chase Brown put up a better burst score. Um, More on him in a minute. Um, Tyje Spears was also put up a better burst score. Um, He's a late round, like, lover I guess which burst scores he's going to be a day two pick. Yeah, Spears which, will be Spears going to be a late be. third round pick. Burst score is big on running backs. You look at speed score. Gibbs did put up a better speed score. Um, so you know, what do you make of that? I think that Robinson's still easily the most well rounded back in this class. I think he is the RB one. Um, I don't think he did enough to go tier of his own. I damn sure don't think he merits dynasty RB one discussion before he ever takes a snap in the NFL. Um, and I don't think he did nearly as much for himself with the combine as what guys have in as what a couple guys have in previous years, Barkley, Taylor, um, even Kenneth Walker. I still have Bijan in his tier of his own. And it's not because I don't love Gibbs. I love Gibbs. The simple fact is I don't I don't know if Gibbs will ever be a workhorse. Uh, who because, well, because of his play, it, 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 he may not breed. be. He may not be, and you're absolutely right. And we've always right, talked right, about Robinson. Like we've always talked about Robinson in this case being that high. I think it's due to Devi. I think it's due to the fact that the running back class 
is the past two, three, four years have been relatively disappoint. And Bijan's just young. I'm with you. I don't think we should know him the RB1 in Dynasty. I don't. This is like a, I don't hate Bijan. It's I hate the hype around him, which it, is it's, I've normally seen more, where I land. I've seen more and more, you know, wanting, wanting to sell on the potential value that's been there so far. Then and then you know you know more so than just trying to ride it out because I also, I agree I don't think he's warrant the Berkeley height but again it's also this not is a, a deep pro- running back class either no, so this, there's that too this is a product again of 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 disappointing classes from before and the community starving for youth at yeah. running back and seeing guys like Brees Hall get hurt Walker you know okay but it, will he ever command enough of a target role to be that dude, right? Javante Williams getting hurt, uh, Taylor getting hurt yeah. into his third year. It's... The news on Javante Williams is really not good either. All right, we've talked about this scene, like, we've been on this the whole time. He's gonna go the Dobbins route. We've been on, I, I, I know I've been for sure been on this. I have not disagreed with you, yeah, at all. So, but to go back to it, it it's, I agree. Like, I, like, I don't think he disappointed at the combine. I, I, don't I think, think he, he did exactly either. what I thought no, he would. That was he, a, that's what he was to never going to be. But I wanted him to. I for me, it's what I expected him to do. The problem is, is it's what I expected him to do because for me to see him in the way a lot of other people see him, he needed to do more. I still think Brees Hall's. He's still my one on one. I think I agree. He's still my RB one in Dynasty. So yeah, we'll, I, we'll I, let I, Ryan and Justin too. talk to you about. Sorry guys for yeah. holding up this. Whoever wants to go. No, I mean, I can see where you guys are coming from on B. John Robinson not being the RB1. I mean, it's easy to say he's not a generational in dynasty. talent. In Dynasty. Yeah. He is in the, in the rookie, yes. He but in Dynasty. Is. in Dynasty. Yeah. Yeah, not in Dynasty. Like, because it's hard to put some, anoint him as RB1 just because we don't know what he's going to do. I mean, you don't even know, know where he's going to go. You don't know where he's going to play. Can, we didn't, we weren't anointing Kenneth Walker as the RB1. And look at him now. He's RB2, RB3. He's, Before he was a teen. He's still so, like, <laughs> well, yeah, no, he has no Brees Hall. Okay. But still. Yeah, I mean, I, I think people are obviously, Dijon's going to be the, the one guy I think gives us to you no matter where he lands. But yes. the interesting thing for me in this group is I think once you get from running back three to 10 in this class, it is going to completely Crap, end up shoot. where these guys yes. land. Yeah, you know, whatever the team, yep. you're going to see a guy who's at 10, 11, 12 in rankings jump up to three. You're going to see a guy who was maybe three, four, drop back to 12, you know, 10, 9, 10, 11, 12. And it's all going to be on landing spot because I feel like there's so many guys that are pretty close as far as abilities, speed, well, size. Yeah, exactly. So I just think, you know, the draft capital, I, I just think there's going to, you're going to see a lot of these guys. I have a feeling going off in the third round, especially with those supplemental picks. I can see a ton of running backs going possibly late second round into and really splashing that third and fourth round. And I think landing spot is where you're going to see a, a big thing. Cause I've, I mean, a guy I'm talking about all the time is Sean Tucker. I'm a big Sean Tucker Sean fan, yeah! but yeah. But basically two months ago, Sean Tucker, well, for a ton of people, was RB3. Now I'm seeing him at 9, 10, 11. I mean, he was going like it was bad. One six, one seven. Now yeah. every mock draft, he's like mid to late second round where he was like 
pretty consistently at in the middle to the end <laughs> of that first round in mock drafts. So again, he's a guy he didn't run. I was disappointed didn't get to see him at at the combine. But I expect his number if his numbers at his pro day. I want to see his pro day. Any, if they come anywhere close to what Chase Young or Chase Brown did for Illinois, I think yeah. he jumps back up. I think Tucker jumps back up because I I feel like he him and Brown are similar body types, similar type of players. I think Brown's a harder runner uh, as far as like contact. Uh, but if you get Tucker on a, a nice system where they do zone blocking and he can just pick the hole and burst, I think it makes him a much better player. The 49ers. Um, yeah, yeah. Honestly, in the, in he the would third, be great in the third, the in the third I round. To, I hate to say it because I love CMC. I want him to get more of the workload, but man, I think you Ooh, put a guy like Miami. I told people, I told people all year, man, if you put Sean Tucker on Michigan last year, the numbers he would have put up. I mean, Blake Horm had a good year. Edwards is good, but man, Sean Tucker, the they had a bad offensive line in Syracuse, a bad. And I, I'm a Syracuse guy. I, I got my masters there. I watched Syracuse all the time. I saw a ton of their games. Their own line was awful. I mean, awful. He was having to make immediately try to make moves to try to get any yards so what, this year. He was, and so it's what you're saying is he's the Cam Akers of this class. <laughs> oh man, don't do that. Actually, I, that's I, a, that's an even better fit like for me Cam because Akers. I don't that's like Tucker. Me. I I'm not on Cam Akers. Oh but good, I, I, I just think, I'm not either. I, I hate Cam I think Akers. Sean, yeah, I think Sean Tucker is a guy that you know, depending on where he lands, I think he could move way up. He could be RB three for me, depending on landing spot. But he, if he ends in a bad situation, I can see him dropping big time. Uh, Chase Brown's another guy I love. I love that he had the combine he had because people his combine's going to move him up. Yeah, absolutely. Because he he's a guy at he was living a in Muhammad. I'm, I'm 10 minutes from the stadium. I went to a bunch of Illinois games this year, watched almost all of them. I mean, the guy is just a tough runner. He's a beast. Uh, I think he kind of just fell out of favor just because people are like, yeah, you know, whatever. They didn't think he did that much. But, I mean, I'm thinking people are going to go back and start looking at the film again and realizing that. I think I would rather have Chase Brown than like a Zach Evans or a a Kendrick Miller. I'd rather have Brown over both those guys. So for right now, I think it's going to totally depend on landing spot. But if you had to just take me right now and say, who's your top, you know, five guys or whatever, I'm probably putting Sean Tucker as my number three. I'm probably putting, uh, Brown is my number four. And then that number five spot is again going to be a big spot guy. But I think he's going to go Charbonnet if he ends up a good spot or yeah. a Kane just because of the talent. I mean, the guy's got so much speed. If he ends up on a team that really can spread it out and use him correctly on offense, I think he's got a bunch of fantasy upside just for the athletic ability. I got a lot. I to love unpack. AJ. I, I got a lot to unpack here. So. Shannon Brown, I completely agree with. I thought that those are two guys who came out of the combine looking really, really good. I have not done film on either guy yet. They were kind of a tier two film watch for me. I'm now super excited to get in and do that um, because the productivity for for both guys was was there. Uh, Brown more so than anything. Brown's productivity is outstanding. Um, <clears throat> but both of those guys are, are now even more intriguing to me after the combine. Um, I'm not a big Sean Tucker guy. Him not performing didn't do anything to lift that up for me. Um, that doesn't mean that I disagree that he's definitely in that clump of three through 10 and where he lands is going to change that because, you know, look, he's, he put together some numbers. They did have a battle line. There were things I saw that I didn't love about him, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, 
this is not a deep running back class and it could fall in a lot of different directions where he lands in the right spot. He does elevate because he's in this middle tier of backs that, you know, everybody's going to plant their flag on a guy or two and you're going to end up right or wrong. I don't have the same disdain for Tucker that I do for Zach Charbonnet. I do not like Zach Charbonnet. <laughs> to me, Zach Charbonnet is Zach Moss. Uh, he's Isaiah Spiller. He's Cam Akers. He's, you know, all these guys in the past, Zach Moss, all these guys in the past, the fantasy community has latched onto it. And I'm like, nah, nah, I don't love it. And to be fair, Charbonnet's combine was not terrible. He came out it was, and it did, was good enough. It did pretty decent. It was good enough for me to think like, all right, yeah, I might be a little wrong there. You know, um, I didn't love the film. And to me, him and Tucker are kind of like, they're going to fit in this weird tier for me where it's like, I'm not sold, but I also know that I could be wrong on this. So we got to rank them high enough to accommodate for the fact that I could be wrong. Well, yeah, just going to go to the Denver Broncos. I, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. If you put one of these guys on the Broncos, all of a sudden you're like, oh, 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 I kind of like that. Exactly. All of a sudden, one of those yeah, guys go way up. And that's why I think you're going to see just that tier is going to be completely dismantled once the actual draft And that's happens. why I don't assign it. It really is a two and that's a two running back class. Yeah. And that's why I don't assign tiers or don't assign numerical rankings until after the draft. I'll tear it up. But until the draft happens, that's my gate three. That's the third big mover for everybody is draft capital. And where did you land? And right now you've got Charbonnet, you've got Brown, you've got Rodriguez, you've got Tucker, um, you've got Spears, Miller, um, you know, all these guys that nobody knows how that's going to fall. Because they haven't distanced themselves. You guys remember a time when we were always told to take or to get uh twenty twenty three first round picks? I do. Remember that time? Remember that time when it was like you want to have as many twenty three firsts as you can get? Not the case anymore. This is like yeah. a six person draft in Superflex for me. And it's it, just like <laughs> I'll wait. I'll go. I'll trade back to round two. Where's Sean? I'll trade, I'll trade to twenty twenty four. Where's my guy? You know, where's Roshan Johnson? Like, where yeah. are the guys that I like that? You know, maybe the community's falling sour on. Like, I absolutely agree. This is the this oh is the God. draft what, where what a fucking if joke I have, this class. If I have a bunch of late seconds, a bunch of thirds and fourths and rookie drafts, I'm actually kind of pumped yeah. because I think I, I feel like I could take a flyer on some guys that I like that are probably not that far off the guys going the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. And I, and I don't feel like I'm reaching if I'm taking those guys late second, mid third, early fourth, um, you know, just value based. Yeah. If you can move some of your first and move back into the rounds or, Hey, Hey, I'll trade you my first this year for a first next year and a second this year or something like that. I, I definitely am trying to make those moves because I, I, I just think that, again, landing spot's going to make a big difference for a lot of these guys, and there's going to just be certain guys you like that other people don't like um, on the landing spot. So I just think there's – I think there's value to be had in this draft. I don't – it's just – I don't think it's the high end that everybody wanted it to be where they – you know, superstar after superstar in the first round. I think it's a deep, good class, but it's just – you don't, you're going to probably see a lot of wide receiver twos, wide receiver threes, you know, RB twos. You're just not going to get a lot of studs. I don't think in this class. Except for tight ends. You, 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 yeah. You're getting. 
I'm so pumped. I'll take a million thirds and fours, and I'll take four I'll take different eight, tight ends. I'll drive eight tight ends. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll take him and I'll stash it's him. It's going to be Hopper fighting for like Dalton Kincaid. It's going to be literally, it's going to be me and Hopper fighting for Dalton Kincaid. And then I'll snipe you guys. Like, Zach Coons. Like Musgrave, too. Like, I want. Oh yeah, no! Don't touch Musgrave. He is mine. Oh, you all dude. can have you can all you all can have Musgrave after Coons's combine. After Musgrave's combine too. Coons was better. They're both like ninety <laughs> fifth like percentile plus. I want them all. Yeah, give Kuntz, me all the tight ends. Coons is better. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't have enough uh, tight end premium leagues. All right. So. Anything else on running backs? No. No. All right. Wide oh. receiver. Wide receiver oh. group. Oh, go ahead. Nope, I Johnson. I like him. Yeah, yeah. I do. He's another, he, but he's like, I think he's also like another one of those names where, like how Justin said, you know, you go from three to ten running backs, and he's at that number ten, number eleven running back right now. He can yeah, definitely so he's, in, so he's in the Jag tier. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not Gibbs or yeah, he's not Gibbs or the guy that supplanted him. No, I'm sorry. B. John Robinson surplanted Roshan Johnson. Yeah, it's, I know. It happens. You know, Keontae Ingram was our boy, and he got surplanted by Roshan or by B. John too. Yep. <laughs> um. All right. Wide receivers. Couple things to get into here. Uh, JSN didn't run as we expected. Absolutely destroyed agility drills as we expected. Um. I think with Addison's bad showing that JSN is. Firm uh, one is the firm one with Johnston, probably the firm two. Yeah, I love Addison, love him. He was my Addison, one of my huge, one of my big Debbie darlings. <laughs> Horrible showing, though. Really, whoever his good. manager is, fucking fire him. This was it, it, rough after rebounding his pro day to yeah, it, recover some of that because he is rough. somebody that hurt himself. He, he did, which sucks. I I'll still take I, I'll still take him though I I still yeah. want all the oh, chance yeah. of him he's such I a love Addison yeah I love Addison I think Addison's great I just I you know everybody's like oh look he's small he's not that tall I'm like dude he's exactly what they listed him as he's the right, he, Smith no he's exactly he, he's I mean, exactly he, what he, he is, was yeah he, yeah he's exactly what he was he but I also if you look at him next to like a Devonte Smith he's skinny but he dude the guy's got like zero percent body fat he's actually pretty muscular he's just got nothing on him outside of that and i just think the way the game has changed you know i just think that he's a guy I'm that not, can make it for being you can't small. touch it's these not, receivers anyway so it's, it's like it's not the size that bothers me it's the you know it's how he tested athletically but he runs with enough technique too to where i don't think it matters i think for me this is how what the combine has always been to me it's not going to change years for guys. It's going to solidify opinions for me. And for me, I was really trying to sort through Jason Johnston and Addison and how I wanted to, you know, go in with that is a tier. And what it did was, is it solidified Jason as one Johnston as two and Addison at the bottom of those three. It doesn't move him significantly down for me at all. Cause I was already close on those three. It's just, I was looking for what separates them for me, and I found it. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't think that makes total sense. I mean, I think you know, JSN, you know, the guy's just a technician. I mean, I think he's a he better. Is. Honestly, I hate to say this, I think he's a better Cooper Cup 
I mean, he's got a better pedigree, but he's that guy that figures out how to make, you know, he, he works zones like mad. He's good against man. You know, he's not a burner, he's so and, smooth, and he, but he's, but he's going to be able to beat guys because he's so good breaking in and out of his routes on short <laughs> routes that he's going to be able to beat guys deep that are trying to cover those routes. So I, I think JSN, I think he's a guy, no matter with landing spot, I think he's probably got to be the number one guy to no matter what um addison again i love addison i had him in every debbie league i could i just think he's a guy that makes plays he's a perfect example of a guy that performed and put up stats everywhere he went um his stats were a little down last year but that was due to a few games of injuries but uh when he played he balled out and he was he was awesome i just think he's a guy that athletically yes you look at him he doesn't just blow you away but i just think he's a baller I mean, he's oh, just yeah. that guy he's that gonna makes win plays. wherever he goes. Yeah, yeah he he, he will, reminds he me uh, he reminds me of a Marvin Harrison who's you know yeah. I'm Marvin Harrison's my all time favorite player ever. Like I've got Marvin Harrison stuff everywhere, but I just I think he's that type of guy where yeah Marvin wasn't the fastest dude in the world. Everybody said he was too small, but the guy just knew how to play wide receiver. I feel like that's Addison. I just feel like he knows how to play the position, and I think he's going to be really good. And there's a couple landing spots that I think would be phenomenal this, for him fantasy wise but those are my guys johnson i know the size a little bit bigger i'm a little more scared of him just with the hands and everything else but those two guys i mean i'm hoping actually the addison not having great combine i love it because i have a couple like one seven one eights one nine oh my god yeah let him and fall. I'm hoping yeah. i think gets, he might fall yeah, beyond that i'm hoping too. he gets oh, me yeah, there. i, I, I get about one seven one eight i'm all I can't wait for him to, you know, to go to Kansas City to fulfill the Marvin Harrison prophecy where he gets to play with the quarter, you know, know the greatest quarterback of all time at that time. Yeah. Um, guy I want to throw out is Zay Flowers. Um, I love Flowers going in. Um, and he didn't do anything to hurt that, in my opinion. He solidified that is is what I thought he was right, and that is you know, uh, a Tyler Lockett type of player that isn't going to blow you away with athleticism, that is a bit on the smaller side that's probably going to sit in the slot, but that runs well enough and that plays well enough um, and that is explosive enough to where he can actually make some hay from that position. This isn't saying that this is a high first-round pick. It's not. Um, It's a late first, early second. But, you know, he did exactly that. And you can be disappointed because they're not gaudy numbers. But you look at where he compares in size, it's Elijah Moore and Tyler Lockett. You look at what they did combine-wise, it's Elijah Moore and Tyler Lockett, other than the fact that Flowers didn't do agility drills. I'm interested to see if he does that at his, at his pro day. But overall, athletically, he kind of tested exactly where I expected him to. I really liked the film. So he's a guy that's definitely locked himself in into like this sweet spot tier of something I want to target, especially if he lands someplace that's going to have an opportunity for early target volume. Because I think he'll I like, have day I, two DC. I like Zay Flowers a lot. He He's probably number four for me. Um, I like him all around that early second round, late first round. He's definitely the guy I would take. I mean, I laugh at these quarterbacks sometimes. Like people make excuse for production. I mean, Zay Flowers put up production. His QB play was terrible. Sucked. 
I mean, his QB play was terrible, and the guy still put up stats, still played well. Uh, him running a fast 40, I think, helped him. And then the fact that almost yeah. everyone in this class is small at wide receiver, like almost everyone outside of Johnson is, is kind of small. So I think that helped him in that he didn't look as tiny because there wasn't a whole lot of hunking big DK Metcalf type wideouts in this draft. And so I think it helps uh, some of those guys. So I want to I want to piggyback on that because that was the one thing that I did find surprising as I was going through combine results and it's number of big wide receivers that didn't necessarily have college productivity that did really, really well at the combine once you look at their size adjusted stuff. And I'm talking guys like I think it's I don't even remember his first name. It's it's Matt Landers. It's Andre Osivas, uh, Higgins, Mingo, Palmer are the five that I called out here. But there were just these handful of big dudes that tested really, really well. Um, I'll give you some of the numbers on this real quick. So, yeah, I think they tested well, but those guys all had very mediocre production overall. So that's why I think that helps a guy like Flowers. Yeah, it does help a guy like Flowers. I'm looking at this as a tier of guys that I'm really interested to do film on to see if there's anything that jumps out to me as like somebody I'd be interested in and like uh is like a third round pick or something like that because there are some guys out there um that are you know larger and fit that Jonathan Mingo checked in at six foot two two fifteen. Uh, four four six, one thirty one burst, one fourteen speed score. He checked in pretty well. Um, where's? Let's see. Trey Palmer, um, six zero one ninety two, four three speed though, one oh seven. Checked in pretty well. Um, a couple other guys. Andre Asivas, he is six foot three, two oh five, four four three, one thirty burst, one oh nine speed score, uh ten nine seven in the agility drills. Like there are some big guys in the lower part of this draft class that don't have the productivity, but they put up some decent combine numbers to where I'm interested to watch and see, like, okay, why was the productivity not there? And is there something in the way that they play that makes me think like this could be a situation where this is worth a late round flyer. Somebody could get something out of this. And it was just to me, the surprising thing was the number of guys that there were that fit that bill that come in, that came in at, you know, six, two to six, four with good combine numbers. I thought that that was really surprising for the lack of productivity that they had. And there's, there's gotta be, there's going to be at least one of those guys that hit, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I liked it. Uh, another guy that I'm big on in this class uh, that I think you can get in those mid rounds that's got some pretty good size uh, and just and a guy that produced was Xavier Hutchinson from yes. Iowa State. I, I'm big on him. I like him a lot. Um I see myself doing mocks and I'm constantly taking him like mid to late third round or even top of the fourth round in some mocks. I like him a lot. I just think he's got that good size. I can't remember exactly what he was at. I think he was at 6'2", 203. Yeah, so I knew I was close. 6'2", 205, 203. And he was productive at Iowa State without the best QB play either there. Um, I like him. He's a guy I would love to take a flyer on. He's a guy that I'd love to see end up in a good spot as a, as a third, fourth round pick in the real NFL draft. Um, if he, and you know, he's probably a guy just despite uh, 
landing spot, I'm probably taking a shot on. I'm probably going to take him uh, and, and just see where he lands because I just think he's a guy that's got some upside that could actually end up doing something. Oh, Matt Landers was the other guy that was the guy who was missing there. So he's 23, but uh, six foot four, 200 pounds, ran a four three seven. Jesus. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty fast. Yeah, one, 127 burst, 114 agility. Or 127 burst, 114 speed. So, <laughs> just like that, it's Hutchinson, too. This a group of guys. It's like there wasn't productivity, but their size and athleticism there, and the NFL will figure out how to do something with a couple of them. Like I said, I keep talking about this draft. If you can just pile up on some later picks, your, I just think there's a lot of guys. Your, that your lottery tickets. Yeah. yeah. The fourth rounders. Think, yep. There's a lot of guys worth taking a, a, a shot on. Um, that obviously, if you were drafting those guys in the second, you'd be really nervous about doing it. But man, you feel great about getting that guy in the fourth. Yeah. All right. Only other thing I want to call out with wide receivers is a lot like the Gibbs wasn't 200 pounds. The Hyatt didn't run in the four threes. He ran a four four two. You're talking pretty freaking fast. You're talking three one hundredths of a second for a guy that's that size. Speaking of, you know, larger in this class and athletic, like you're you're really gonna fit a guy because that literally that he's skinny, (laughs) six foot one seventy six. But he can move. But he can move. I know he can. I know. I'm just. I I forgot that he tested. That he came. Or that he weighed in so skinny. Well, that's what I said. So many of these guys were small. So many of the high end guys were just not very big. They were pretty light. Yeah. Uh, All of them were like five, ten to six foot. And that's why I'm saying I think it helped guys for some reason. Yeah, Flowers. I think it helped Flowers a ton. Hyatt. I don't. I'm not sure why everybody kind of was down on him just because he didn't run the four threes. Um, I think he's pretty much the same he is to me. I think he's one of those guys. Uh, he is a little bit of a long shot to me. I, I would take flowers over him just because I feel like he's a better mm-hmm. all-around receiver. Uh, but Hyatt's a guy that could get, you know, if Hyatt could turn himself into a Deshaun Jackson type who just, you know, takes the lid off and gets you three catches for 102 yards and a touchdown, you know, most okay, weeks, then, you're, then you're feeling good. He doesn't position as well as Gabe Davis, but damn, does he high point better. Um, he's a fantastic deep threat. He, he, he is, he is. And I looked at it and I'm like, when I watched the film, I saw this is sub four, four, five. I didn't necessarily see four, three. He stacks defenders really well too. This wasn't like, uh, I'm blowing guys away. This is a smart player. And he had a great connection with Hendon hooker as well. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was just one of those things that, I thought was weird to me. And it's like, all right, he didn't run a four, three in the four threes. He ran four, four, two, and you're going to over a couple one hundredths of a second, just fade that. That's what people yeah. do. I, think I don't understand that. that. Drops them into that early second round. And so the end of the first, now you've got a shot to get him at two, three, two, four, maybe where, you know, maybe mm-hmm. before the combine, people were kind of putting him at that end of that first, that 111, 112 area. So get a little discount on him for the people that are mad about not running a four, three. Take it and run. Oh, uh, <clears throat> so Ford Wheaton's the other guy that consistently was popping up near the top of athleticism boards. Poor player profiler. He checked in as the number one most athletic receiver, 6'4, 221, 4'3840, 94th percentile, 100th percentile speed score, 96th percentile burst score, um, 100th percentile catch radius. 
Jesus for him. It's freaking nuts. So, so there's some tools to work with. Another guy that didn't <laughs> produce, sure. but is very, very toolsy. That's going to be right in that group of these are bigger guys that didn't produce, but damn, are they athletic? Let's see what they could do. Ford Wheaton was just interesting to me because I'm clicking through combine results. He's at the top of literally everything. Yeah. So, but one more alongside Jalen Hyatt is Marvin Mims. Mims. Not the size. Obviously, he's not six foot five, nine, 177. It's a little bit bigger and thicker in that stance, but he ran a four, three, eight massive deep threat. You just got to watch and, to see where he lands. Did you say Mims was bigger? No, I'm well, it, okay. The BMI is bigger. Yes. BMI. It's five, nine, 177. That's bigger BMI. Yes. You're yeah, right. Big, that's, that's where I was going with. But yes, you know, I like I, Mims a lot. I like yeah. Mims a lot. If I can get him in the third round, um, I think landing spot can move him up a lot. But I don't want to move up too much because I, I love been been getting him in the early to mid third <laughs> round in mocks. Uh, I just I like him a lot. I think he's a guy that's definitely uh, worth taking a shot on. Um, they didn't have the best QB play in Oklahoma this last year. Um, I just think he he's he's yeah. a guy's got talent. He did with what he had. There's yeah. always two you guys. You move away from Caleb Wills or you know from mm-hmm. Caleb Williams, you know. Yeah. There's <laughs> always two guys that I tie at the hip and Mims and Flowers are pretty damn close for me. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're just getting a cheaper Mim I think Mims is closer to Flowers than most people want to admit, but yes. I think you're just getting you're getting cheaper uh, so much cheaper with him instead of a late first, early second, you're getting a, a guy in the third in a lot of drafts. <laughs> That may change after the that may change after the draft. <laughs> that definitely could. He could. Uh, I, he could I do think that rising up quite a bit if he gets decent draft capital and somehow somebody takes him in the third round or something. I could see him moving up quite a bit in rookie and uh in rookie drafts. How about one that took a massive fall and uh Keishon Butte? Well, Adam. Yeah. He was a guy I was out on originally. I was out I on him anyway. I, I just didn't see the hype around him. I know he had a good freshman year, but just man, I whenever there's just one after another same, character concerns, like yeah. it just I'm I'm just worried about taking a guy like that and him just being. A I think he's going to go late day three, and and that yeah, and like and, 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 and his and combine that's it. was yes. awful. I mean, his oh my combine God, horrible. Was, Awful, and it never helps when your coaches basically ask you to leave. I mean, when they're telling you like, "Please enter the draft," like, there's there's problems there. And you know, I don't, I just, I, I know some guys with character concerns can still make it and be really good. If I'm a coach or I'm a GM, unless the guy is just out of you know out of this world talented, I just don't want the headache. I'd rather take, I'd rather take somebody else. I mean, it's just crazy. This time last year, we were looking at Butte as the wide receiver one of this class. There was a world uh, two years ago that he was a Debbie wide receiver one. Like after his freshman season, it, it was what he can was we lock, do to get right? Butte? Yeah, he, it was him, and I forgot who else was on, on that same level of him. But it was it, it was it was you know Butte, and the world falls the world falls uh, pretty quick to you when you hit the bottom. So, all right, that ends. Anything else on wide receivers? Probably not. No, no, no. Yeah, let's. Right. Get, I love this tight end group. Let's talk about them. All right, Don Kincaid did nothing. Did fine. He didn't need to do anything. Um, he's so still he's still bay in my heart. So let's go into the guys that did. Um, damn, were there a lot of good combine performances? Um, none better than what Zach Coons turned in. And I know y'all want to talk Musgrave. I'm looking at. 
player profiler right now, the overall <laughs> it's athleticism so good. score, it's so amazing. one, 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 yeah. one all time. It's, for it's Mike. It's Mike Gusecki. All ninety so good. Ninety fifth percentile forty. Ninety ninth speed score. Ninety eighth burst score. 97th percentile and agility score, 100th and catch radius. 6'7", 255. 6'7", 255. <laughs> Didn't produce. Hyper athlete. Good Lord. I haven't got to do the film work up on this, but right now, just looking at this right here, good Lord, give me all of this as a late round pick. Yeah, here's the, oh, here's yeah. the deal Fourth on too. Lock. Yeah, yeah, like I say, I think for sure. And here's the thing I, I think people forget of about. Of course he, he played for Penn State. He was at Penn State. That's what I'm saying. He was at Penn State with uh, Friar Muth. And like, mm-hmm. so again, Muth won that job. They were there together. He was actually a higher rated recruit than Friar Muth was. He was actually supposed to be the man at Penn State and supposed to be the next big tight end. So, I mean, you tell me right now, you put Penn State next to his name instead of Old Dominion. Yeah. And you're not, I mean, they're, this guy's a first or second rounder. So I think he's got all the talent, all the ability. Uh, he had a better year last year than uh, the year before than this last season at Old Dominion. You know, the man has he has all the traits. He's got everything. We always talk about, you know, these wide receivers or, or running backs who are so good coming out of high school that didn't necessarily produce, but they have that high ranking. I mean, that's Coons as a tight end. I mean, the guy was an absolute beast coming out of high school. Um, I yeah, I, I want to get him everywhere I can. I just think he's got such a high upside and a guy that could could definitely perform. It's not like he was playing at a small school because he wasn't good. He just transferred because he was in a really, you know, he ended up being in a situation with a ton of other great tight ends at Penn State and he ended up moving along. But but I, I love Frermuth. I think he's awesome. And the fact that he was there at the same time and was ranked higher just makes me want him even more. Yeah. And it's not just him either. I mean, it, it's him, Will Mallory, Sam Laporta, Darnell Washington, Luke Musgrave all turned in really, really good combine performances that are going to help their their cause and and elevate them. Like all of those guys turned in really good combine performances. I know usually, you know, we talk about the three years for a tight end to kind of really hit. Last year we had some pretty good performances from, from rookies. But I think I think the, the reason that people are even more hyped is these guys are real athletic, real big. But there's not a lot of tight ends that are really holding down spots in the NFL right now with starters. There's a no. lot of guys that are just they're playing because they got nobody else. And so I think even more is the opportunity to start for a lot of these tight ends are going to be there. If they go in and they perform well, I think that a lot of these guys would see earlier playing time than we're used to out of uh, rookies. And that's why I'm excited for this class. Like, <laughs> I love the athletic abilities. I love everything else. But I just think there's a ton of landing spots where they can immediately start playing. This is the sixth draft class that we have worked up, and this is easily, from an athletic standpoint, the most athletic class we've done, and it's not even close. So, so so excited. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. You know who wasn't athletic? Michael Michael Mayer. Yeah, that was a crazy thing for being the tight end one and the guy everybody talked about. And I, th- I still think he's a, a really good tight end. Um, he's a great in tight end. I, I, yeah, I, I think he's great. But, um, yeah, he just didn't put up the athletic score that all these other guys did. And then when everybody else ended up measuring the same size of him or bigger, I think that's what really got people's attention when you're when you're seeing these other guys that are, that are putting up these athletic scores and they're, and they're just, you know, everybody's 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", 250, 255, and it's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. The spotlight was switching off him to everyone else now. Everyone's like, you know, it was Michael Mayer. And then as soon as it goes to combine, it's like, 
Oh, hey, look at you over here. It's so, it's so disappointing looking at looking at his player profiler page. He's just like, oh, yeah, here's Michael Rudolph. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not to say. Oh, no, I got Rudolph. Yeah. Michael Rudolph. Well, Michael Rudolph, I got it. You mismatched Same the difference. Together yeah. I, I picked people. it up too. I was like, yeah, Michael did, Rudolph. Though. Yeah. The new yeah. Kyle Rudolph. Kyle yeah. Rudolph's son. Michael Rudolph. But, the tight end class is going to be going to be deep, and there are a boatload of people that help themselves out the combine. Mayer did Meyer did not, um, you know, didn't hurt himself necessarily. Like if you watch film, you know that he's not this hyper athletic. He's kind of clumsy, honestly, downfield. He's a great inline blocker, though. Um, the hands are pretty reliable, and Payne Durham also did not turn in a, a good combine, but. You know, he's the dude that carries five guys on his back when he runs. So, I yeah, mean, I'm a I'm a big Payne Durham guy. I know he didn't test well. I didn't think he would be. I didn't this, either. I don't think he's a superior athlete, so I didn't think that. But he's a guy who hasn't played a lot of football. He was kind of a late bloomer to football. Uh, but I watched quite a few Purdue games this year. I just think that guy has something. I don't know what it is. I just think. He's a guy that can play. I think he's going to do something. Yeah, he is. He's a gritty player. I really like him. I'm definitely. Gonna take I'll be a rooting, on him. I'll he's, be rooting he's, for him. For yeah, sure. I, he's a he's a guy I want to take as my last pick in my rookie yeah. draft and just sit on him, especially if I have a taxi squad. <laughs> I want to put Payne Durham there, and I'm going to say I'm going to see you in three years when you blow up and you play right? really good. That's just, that's what I want to see. Carrying, that's me with Darnell Washington. He's just carrying, he won't go that he won't go that late. Yeah, he's just carrying four guys downfield when he runs. He doesn't run fast, but you don't have to run fast if you can carry three of them on your back. Techno, yeah, and he, he's a guy that, yeah, and he's a guy that made catches in in tight spaces. He was a t, you know, he's yeah. a guy they always looked for out near the end zone. And how yep. much have we seen that in the NFL, where you know they really use tight ends more near the goal line uh, now? So he's a guy. I I, I don't ever think he's going to be a superstar, but man, I think he could end up being a pretty quality <laughs> NFL player one day. Whatever team he ends up on, he's going to be one of those guys where they find a way to chant his name after every catch because the fan base is going to love him. Yeah, they're going to love him. Everybody's going to love him. He uh, he kind of reminds me, honestly, of like a Heath Miller. There you I know go. Heath Miller went away, but I feel like he's kind of a Heath Miller. Like I Heath agree. Miller was not super athletic. He didn't run really fast. He wasn't great at anything, but man, the guy just blocked. He was gritty. He made the tough catches when you needed him. He never put up, you know, fantasy gold as far as stats, but he was a guy that was just a really solid NFL player. And I, I feel like that's uh pain Durham can totally be that guy. I agree completely. All right. Anything else on tight ends? Cool. Until the draft. That's the show. Um, thank you all for tuning in uh we'll be back next week thank you justin for coming and hanging out one more time tell the people where they can find your run down that list yeah yeah i'm most active on twitter so uh jt orange is where you'll find me uh at twitter um jt orange jt orange four and a bunch of different uh discords i'm in there always chatting up with everybody uh new to the dlf family uh gonna see articles coming out from me on them also uh the commissioner evaluation podcast which is on the uh PTW uh, 
website, their YouTube page and all that. So I do that with John McGlynn. Uh, we throw out shows kind of a lot of times on Tuesdays during the rotor season, but right now we're kind of just kind of piling up shows whenever we can get guests and do stuff. So a lot of stuff coming out here in the next month or so for us on that pod. Um, also then Dynasty Pros guys, I do some stuff with them as well, articles and, and some other things. I'm hoping to jump on some IDP shows and talk some IDP stuff with them uh, this year. So kind of kind of all kinds of stuff in the irons of the fire right now for me uh, as far as fantasy goes. So looking forward to it. Real pumped about this draft. Real pumped. For this upcoming season i just uh you know every year i feel like i can't get more excited than the year before but uh yeah i just i'm just pumped uh to be a part of it and everything that's going on because i just i think it's going to be a a fun year fantasy football and real life football i agree awesome all right at Minor underscore ffb at beer fuel theory at beer hop with two p's at beer field i think there's beer field on twitter still we didn't change that back did we no, it's still, no, that's it's right. still Beerfield. Okay, I'm still yeah. at Beerfield on Twitter. See how much I use our Twitter. It's uh, Ryan's job now. It's okay. It is. Catch you next time. Frankie Bo with, uh, with uh, John here now, you know? We'll be talking okay. free agents at some point next week. Yay. You'll be determined to win. Is we'll that talk. Tuesday? Right? The league starts Tuesday, right? It's when free agents opens? Yes. Yes, it does. Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern? Yep. Ooh, yeah, legal tampering period. I think it's Monday. I think it's the 13th through the 15th. Money, but that tampering. probably starts. I thought, yeah, I thought. It's the 13th the through the 15th is legal tampering. And I okay. think the league year starts the 15th, which is, which is Wednesday, which is Wednesday, when you can officially yeah. sign. So I can't wait. I love this either. time of year. It'll be so much fun. We got to talk about when we're going to record, though, because I'm on vacation at the end of next week. Okay, bye. Bye. See ya.